right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you for joining us here. Another Friday is upon us. It is May 12th, 2023. Uh, and oh boy, is there a lot of stuff happening. We, of course, have these uh, bizarre updates regarding Elon's new Twitter CEO. This uh, this uh, World Economic uh, Forum, NBC News, Universal Advertising Chief uh, Gals. We'll talk about her a little bit and what that might mean for Twitter, because uh, it was a little short period there that it's like, this is exciting. This could actually mean something. I, I've said it many times before, I don't trust Elon 100%, but you know, but so far, so good. We'll see what happens. Certainly not everyone is back on there and so forth, right? There's certainly uh, accounts. Eli, like, let let Alex Jones back on there then if you actually believed in free speech, right? But uh, you know, so things like that. There are problems, right? But it could take a turn for the worse now uh, with this new woman coming in. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We, of course, have this whole thing with the Tucker. Then they're going to start his show on uh, on Twitter. Uh, will there be a poll there for a little bit more, you know, right wing nationalistic conservative content that could, you know, could have been uh, a good thing. We also have the uh, shit show of uh, Trump's town hall. I don't want to talk too much about that in and of itself, but some of the reactions actually was funny. You know, we, 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 kinda, we, we did this in 2016 already, and, and it feels like we're just stuck in a time loop here a little bit. And like, are we are we doing this again now? Like four, you know, four, what is it? Five, five six years later. Right. Um, but uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. We'll look at some of the reactions as well. Uh, and then we have a little bit of uh, random stuff. We'll see what we get to. But uh, we have Millennial Woes guest hosting here with me today. How are you, Woes? Thank you for uh, coming on. Oh, well, hello. <clears throat> Thank you for inviting me on, Henrik. I'm sorry that I don't have my camera. I know that the still avatar isn't uh, ideal, but uh, I've got some technical issues just now, so this will just have to do. Um, We're glad yeah, you're here. I've been yeah, th thank you. So, yeah, I've been uh, doing well. I'm on Substack now. That's what I'm sort of concentrating on. Um, I'm also on Odyssey. I put a weekly video up on there. Hoping to do Twitter Spaces soon. I can't remember whether I had been reinstated on Twitter the last time I came on here. I can't remember now. I can't remember. But, when uh, was it? It was like three months ago or something like that? Yeah, maybe? exactly. Yeah, it was February or March when I got re I think it was February. When I don't I think you back. were. I don't think you were. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I was. But uh, it happened, and uh, so I'm back there, and uh, well, a lot of people are back there, and that's been a thing. Obviously, we'll talk about it a lot uh, in, in this episode, but I... Uh, it's been nice to be back, and I'm, yeah. I, I think at this point, the thing to do with Twitter is just try to keep it as a place, as a, a platform for, um, you know, for the likes of us. The thing to do is just keep it as a, a way to advertise your stuff, and and so I should probably try to get into fewer debates uh, on there. <laughs> Because it never could seems risk to end it. well for people. I, I know. Yeah. yeah, could risk it potentially. Um, yes, yeah, so we we go out live, of course, on Twitter as well. Now, but tw Spaces it's just audio, right? You can't do uh, video on there. That's correct. Okay, yeah. it's just it's just an audio group chat. I've never done it, but I I, I tried to, but my phone is too old. Yeah, it couldn't handle it. Uh, so that was a big. Oh, you have to have the. You can just do it through like your your app uh, on the phone or something. Yes. You can't actually do it on yeah. a desktop. No. Huh. No, you okay. can't. You, you can take part in it from your desktop, but you can't start it from your desktop. Hmm. <laughs> well, so presumably, it, it, it's, uh, I'm guessing that the phone app pro does the processing. So okay. of these, yeah. In some way, so therefore, it's not. Uh, it needs to be done on the app. So, yeah, it's annoying, but uh, I'll hopefully get that 
sorted out soon and or I'll just use someone else's account uh, to do that uh, I think because I think it would be yeah. interesting I think uh, back in the old days <clears throat> I did I used to do open hangouts on on YouTube which seems amazing now that you would do such a thing but in 24 well 15 it was you could still do that safely without risking your channel and so it, it was very chaotic and I and I didn't really I didn't really enjoy it because it was um, it was so messy. But I think uh, having got used to the opposite of much more strictly controlled live streaming, I think it would be nice to go back to that uh, just once a month, you know, with a Twitter space and just see what happens, see yeah. what comes up, <laughs> and actually just enjoy the chaos, you know. Because as I say, it would only be once a month. So that's something I'm I'm hoping to do. Nice. All right. Yeah. So no, we do have some. Uh, you know, there has been some encouraging developments. Well, uh, with Twitter, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail here in just a, a moment. Uh, but uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to join us here today, a little plug: slash red eyes TV super chats over there. We read those uh, here on the air, of course. Uh, you can use Odyssey and Rumble as well. We keep an eye on that throughout the stream here. Uh, so yes, uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us. So first, though, before we actually get into the uh, the Twitter thing here. Uh, we had some developments in uh, Germany that seems pretty promising. I think this was a European insider on Telegram that uh, reposted uh, these. So I hope these are uh, maybe they're not the latest. Maybe there's more uh, happening after that. But uh, AFD alternative for uh, Germany for Deutschland uh, is now officially the second largest party in Germany. How about that? That's not uh, not too shabby. I mean, look, there might not be political solutions to these things, but it's still a barometer of what people are willing to do. And and as cucked and, and, and uh, awful things are for nationalists and patriots or whatever you want to call them in Germany, I that's that's quite something. What, what do you think, Woz? Well, do we, it, it, you have to realize that it's uh, it's interesting that the second biggest party in Germany is uh is is it not under state surveillance <laughs> i believe so <laughs> yeah the people in it's it are second, you know, on terrorist lists and shit, you know yeah <laughs> that is incredible i mean imagine if you know, the, the, but, well, but in, they're doing that to save the, democracy yeah. you see <laughs> of course well they're fortifying democracy obviously but we're, they're improving Im we're improving democracy <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, it just seems to be an unsustainable thing. Where, I mean, how can you do that to the second biggest party in your country? <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, you could you can understand it being justified when they were only ten percent. Uh, I think the the uh, the more the faded bars indicate the the previous election result. Um, so yeah, when they had ten percent, okay, well, you can victimize them then. Mm. But when they're the second biggest party, that, that just seems untenable. Yeah, <laughs> it's hopefully. Uh, it, yeah, it's we'll, we'll see what the uh, the final uh, what the final outcomes is here. Uh, and, and again, it, this is not a this is not everything. I, I don't don't, don't uh, put words in my mouth here, everybody out there. I, I'm just saying uh, it's still a good sign. We we need these kinds of developments alongside of actually you know other types of. Uh, activism and and helping to awaken our people and you know networking, forming tribes, creating the solutions to some of the shit that's happening in our countries because it's it's going down the tubes, folks. Uh, and maybe long term that's for the better too. But no, so that that's the AFD update there. And while we're on Germany, check this out. I came across uh, another story here regarding we, we know what's happened with like Nord Stream and all this kind of stuff, right? The, the energy crunch in Germany. Of course, this is quite intentional. This is. 
uh, a terrorist attack really on on Europe. If it is true that this is American, Norwegian, NATO forces that were behind uh, the attack on the Nord Stream, like uh, Seymour Hersh and others have pointed out as well. I, I think maybe it's not exactly like he said, but it's you know that it's some version of that. Like he might not have exactly the right ex, you know, execution of this operation or whatever, but we know who's behind it. We know who this benefited. Heck, even Europe is going to be hooked on American LNG now. Even the financial incentive alone uh, was reason for it, right? But so uh, so this was an attack on the infrastructure of of uh, Europe, vital infrastructure, right? That that's terrorism. So now. Because of this crunch, we don't know what's, what's going to happen going forward here in Europe, and especially Germany, about 2023 winter here upcoming. Even 24 and 25, it could still be good because it's going to take a few years to build out that LNG infrastructure. It's basically receiving ports in various locations in Europe that has to have this. Uh, so, of course, in the meantime, they're going to have to ration their energy. So this is one of the... Did I pull in that screenshot? Yes, I did. There's a translated version of this here from uh, uh, br.de. Uh, they say heat pumps and e-cars should be taken off the grid at peak times. The line here was that from 2024, network operators in Germany will be allowed to limit electricity without the consent of their cu customers, right? And ironically, or maybe that's not the right word, but uh, coincidentally, uh, th these types of programs are being tested in other parts of the world as well, around the West. Uh, in the U.S. and I think in U.K., they had these volunteer programs, right? You get a little bit of a discount on your electric price if you take part in this exciting new program where they can remotely handle your thermostat for you <laughs> at the, at the uh, you know, at the uh, uh, company that provides your electricity. So they've, you know, lowered the thermostat in summertime and uh, and make sure that, you know, you can or, or uh, you know, made sure that you can't turn down your temperature let me put it that way uh regardless to save energy right uh this looks like the uh, the future to come at least for uh, in the short-term woes in terms of like uh central management from one location and uh the more and more we're offered and the more and more we promised about uh, uh, freedom and uh, how, how we're progressing and everything is advanc advancing and getting better um, we're close to, uh, to, get, to getting in the pod and, and eating the bugs and uh, they can remotely uh, shut down whatever they want woes yeah, I think sometimes there are just glaring contradictions. And one of them is uh, we're going to be relying more on uh, electricity, but we're going to be, and not gas uh, or oil, but then we're also going to ha have more, uh, well, we've got to use less electricity, but we're going to have more electric cars. You know, th this kind of thing is just insane. Um, and then also getting rid of nuclear power when it is the only, as far as I understand, it's the only realistic solution to the energy problem and has been for decades. And uh, and yet they're shutting them all down. And I know in Germany they, they shut, I think it was the last 12, they shut down about a month ago. Um, when it is the only realistic way for them to have energy independence. Um, the, you know, this kind of thing, I, I mean, it... it it points to either complete incompetence like an in, insane utopianism or, and just hoping against hope, wishful thinking, or they know exactly what they're doing and they intend to basically enslave the population. They want to have maximum control over a very demoralized, impoverished population because that's really, I don't see how else this can, this can work out. Mm. And actually when the Nord Stream, uh, what would you say explosions happened 
I remember hearing that there were German politicians celebrating. And indeed, there was at least one who is married to a Jewish American woman, I believe, who said thank you. I think he said thank you, America. That was the Polish, uh, I think, either former or even current foreign minister, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Yep, he was like yeah. he was. It was like an admission. We did this. They know. They know. They know some of these people, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I mean, imagine celebrating that it has been made. Like, Europe has been made less energy independent. That's absolutely. Oh, even crazy. more than that. It's like this could lead to people freezing to death. That's how bad it is. Well, that as well. That is obviously. But from a political perspective, you'd think that they would be concerned with things like you know, the independence of the, the nation, the self-sufficiency. But no, what they're concerned with is building an international, a global system of interdependence, which in this era really means dependence on America one way or another. And yeah. that's, you know, this is the whole joke about globalism. It's not really global at all. It's It's... Through it's America uh, and the West, um, so you have this this building of a system whereby no one is going to be free. And yeah, for for ordinary people, it's uh, it's the pod. That's right. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, it's and right, so, so he was Polish. I remember yeah. my memory was wrong. I thought that he was a German politician. Right. However, I I do know that there were other there were German politicians celebrating at the time. Yeah. I just can't remember who they were. Yep. Sorry. No, no worries. If you're thinking of this one or another, but uh, yes, uh, this is Anne Applebaum's uh, husband, by the way, which is you may see <laughs> she's a huge. Neocon, right? She's been, and she has had, had her fingers in this shit for for uh, for years uh, about messing around with, uh, you know, ru- being an enemy of Russia and stuff. She's been obsessed about Russia for for decades. This woman, uh, but uh, what what is his name again here? Radoslav Sorkorsky. There we go. Let's see if that's. Oh, is it deleted? It was deleted since then. It was up for quite a while. I remember. Okay, well, there it is. Anyway, thank you, USA, and he had a pick on that too. Yep. Crazy shit, crazy shit. All right, so let's uh, let's see what else we have here before we. Maybe we should get into the. No, actually, I want to show this real quick. Uh, good stuff here. SPLC uh, have been uh, seething over some uh, uh, some decent uh, Ethernet donations that was made to various uh, groups and organizations. Uh, Red Ice being one of those. Thank you. I, I mentioned it at the time. I said, uh, whoever you are, thank you. I said on the following you know, stream after. Uh, if you're watching, very, very good. By the way, if you're interested in continuing uh, funding us to the next level, just let us know. We're ready. We're capable. We're uh, right here able to do it. Anyway, no, this is great, right? Extremists received large Ethereum cryptocurrency donations. And they go through the number of uh, groups here. Uh, number one was Amon Bundy's People's Rights Network, PRM. Uh, received transfers of uh, $93,000. Decent. Uh, Vider, American Renaissance. They list uh, what else beyond Red Ice. Uh, there's a couple of them here. V- yeah, Vider, I said. Let me see if I can pull that, this up in, in uh, greater detail. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Red Ice, Vider, InfoWars got some of that too. People's Rights Network, American Renaissance, Defend Europa, Idaho Freedom Foundation, and Slightly Offensive. And they're using something I've never actually heard of it, Tornado Cash. So that's a good tip for everybody out there if you do want to donate anonymously because they're, of course, whining about this. SPLC think this should be illegal, Uh, right? So and think about this, too. $216,000. I mean, that's nothing. What is is the SPLC's yearly budget? Exactly. I know. Good God. 
the millions that these groups look, just look at like the angel investors that come in, the venture capitalists and these like from BuzzFeed to Vox to, you know, this new, what do we call it? Like the uh, cringe leftist uh, media en endeavors, right? It, it's kind of uh, many of them have gone under consequently. Obviously, do I mention BuzzFeed? Yeah, BuzzFeed, Vox, Vice. There's a number of them. I, some have even forgotten now that they went under uh, entirely. But the point is, the the amount of capital that these organizations raised over the time that they were alive, uh, it basically just went into like, I, I assume mostly salaries for a bunch of useless people, and they couldn't even keep the operation afloat. But we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Soros even came in to to buy up the uh, to buy up Vice now, who's who's uh, uh, declare is about to be declared bankruptcy here, right? And ADL, look at how much money they're receiving, the SPLC. They have a problem with us just like nominally receiving money that we're like kind of just like surviving on. That That's the problem to the if they if they can have a choice, these people, they would not only put us in jail, they would they would ban us from being able to live in normal society if they had their uh, if they had their way. Oh, yes. Yeah. And this is something that, uh, you know, I've got a big essay coming up on Substack called The Rainbow Regime. And I talked about this briefly that they they begrudge us anything at all. I mean, it's a it's a war for them, and and I think it took uh, some of us, including me, a long time to wake up to this. That uh, there's no point claiming that it's not fair or something like that. Right. No. It, it's for them. It's a matter of warfare. So they don't want you. Okay, so you can afford to buy peanuts. Well, they don't want you to be able to buy peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're they're going to fight against your ability to buy a, a packet of peanuts, you know. Uh, it's it's galling and infuriating, and especially when you look at how wealthy and well resourced and well connected. I mean, in a oh, way yeah. that we can't even imagine. No, can you imagine they, if we had it? They can call upon God knows what organizations whenever they need help, whenever they need a bailout. Nothing is going to be too much trouble yeah. for looking after the SPLC or the ADL or or whatever. Hope not hate even. Um, but for us, we are living on a shoestring. Yep. A lot of us really, really struggling. Yep. And uh, you know, th th even that. And it shouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? Uh, was it? Yeah, I think we talked about that last time. But like we, we considering the urgency of the situation and considering that i mean there's a somewhat of us but there's how few of us there there is really is that are out there uh you know putting ourselves out there talking about these kinds of issues and stuff like that uh we should be well funded and we should there should be a lot of like people on the back end of this that understands how severe the situation is uh industrialists uh, inventors investors all these people where where the wealthy people who are like of European descent who, who must at some point here along the road understand that, that like if we don't fight back against this against this not only will our civilization go under we are going to cease existing in the way that we know it as a people like we're, we're in a dire situation we need funding <laughs> we need to be well funded to get not only get the word out and have wake people up but to do it better, right? To, to be even more professional, to offer these things uh, in, in a way that we haven't been able to do before. Um, I, it feels like we're right at the cusp, though. And with things like this, it's very encouraging. Um, there is a lot of money out there. There's a lot of people with money. We just have to kind of grab their attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think the, the main thing is, uh, the, the main expenditure for that this is needed for is uh, defending ourselves against lawfare. Because that's, I think that's how they're going to attack us in the future. Uh, 
and, and they've been doing it. I mean, even something like you know, the defamation, the slander that goes on uh, against people like us. Uh, we can't do anything about that because we don't have, we cannot pay for lawyers. It's just it's unthinkable. It's completely impossible. But our enemies, uh, they don't get slandered because they can afford lawyers. And that immediately changes the, the game. You know, you, like, for example, Hope Not Hate have been saying for years that I'm pro-slavery. And they know that I'm not, right? They know that that's a lie because I've, I've you know, it was a crap joke that I made in 2016. And I've clarified it many times. It was a joke, for God's sake. Of course, I'm not pro-slavery. <laughs> but uh, they keep saying it. And I cannot take them to court for that. Right. Yeah. So they can keep defaming me. Now, I'm just using myself as an example, but this really applies to almost everyone in the movement. And that really affects our ability to uh, influence the mainstream because we can be defamed so easily. Lawfare um, chats are people are talking about lawfare is warfare, but legally, <laughs> legal warfare. That's what it is. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Because uh, reputation matters so much. And if someone can just say, well, you know, you're pro-slavery or you want to murder refugees or something like that, something non some nonsense like that, yeah. um, then normies, the, the mainstream uh, and, and, and also potential investors will think, oh, they'll, they'll just run a mile. You know, they, they don't want to be associated with anything like that. So this kind of stuff really matters. And uh, I, I wish I, we could impress that upon people who were in yeah. a position to, to help. Yep, who have resources. Uh, someone in the Rumble chat says, Tornado Cash got shut down. Really? Okay, because I didn't never heard of them before. So I'm like, okay, this is something interesting, something that can be used. Uh, but of course, I don't think we've seen the beginning also of the, the as you said, the legal kind of uh, pushback. We're... we're, we're we're right at the cusp right now, right? Look at what's happening in Ireland, in Canada, obviously the U.S. There's other countries. It's already bad in Germany. It's bad in Sweden. Um, with, with but but like France, France, but basically criminalizing dissent in one way or another. I have a story a little bit later. I hope we have time to get to it in, in terms of what's happening in Canada. Uh, a new document was released by their uh, version of the uh, the FBI, CIA. Uh, I forget if it's, it's domestics. I guess it was, would be FBI, uh, SCIS or whatever it's called, and. Um, yeah, it's like it's even th you know, like in Ireland, right? Uh, even if you possess material that they consider could lead to uh, the uh, someone acting against a so-called protected group, right? Even if you have not posted it, means that you could go to jail for like five years in Canada. And, you, yeah, go ahead. And you have to, and you have to prove your innocence. They don't have to prove your guilt that you intended you to distribute yeah. this. You have to prove somehow that you didn't intend to. This, uh, share this stuff around, so that's almost impossible. I don't know how you could how you could prove that. So again, th th this is obviously terrible, and I, and obviously it will be something that is used very selectively. Yeah, it'll be more, more of the anarcho tyranny. I mean, I remember when we I first I think we I, I first heard that concept in 2017. I'm sure it goes back a lot further than that. But people started talking about it then. And then in 2018, that was when you first started seeing it in Britain with people getting banned from the country and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and ridiculous jail sentences being handed down. Um, so it's been a long time that we've been talking about this, this concept of anarcho-tyranny. And I think that... It, incrementally they put in the legislation to enable them to go even further down this direction so yeah i don't want to be too negative but you know 
<laughs> this uh, we, this stuff. We we really need to get our our skates on about this kind of thing because <clears throat> it's not going to get. They're not going to stop. Mm -mm. No, <clears throat> I want to say as well. Having a sip of water here. Uh, what I want to say is, I uh, it's. It's encouraging that they're so desperate, right? Because it means that they're not under control. They're not controlling uh, the information flow entirely, and, and that's what they're attempting to do, partially with all these kinds of restrictions. Uh, in Canada, you know, we, we have this thing of if if you even think that an in-group is being victimized, um, that's considered to be like a, an act of terrorism. <laughs> Essentially, we'll look at that later. Was that, yeah. Will you apply this equally then? So if, if you're saying if like, let's say, uh, uh, you know, in, Indian natives or whatever they're called now in, in Canada, uh, if they think they're under attack, will they is will they also be punished by this? How about blacks? How about Jews? How about all these other groups, Asians? No, of course, we, we only know that this goes, that this swings in one direction. It's about if white people think that they're under attack, well, that's dangerous, you see. So we're going to, uh, you know, kind of go, go after you. It wasn't outlined exactly, you know, what the... Uh, what you can how, what you, what can happen with you, but you can be in prison for these kinds of things. It, it's absolutely insane. Um, but yes, we'll we'll talk about that later in Canada. But it shows. One, uh, one, finish that thought. Yeah, go, go ahead, uh, Wills first. Yeah, I'd like to pick up on what you just said. That it, it basically, it's the thing that um, their propaganda is is necessary because they fear that, that there's going to be some sort of public backlash and mass public realization. Um, and I think Which, that's we're at the I cusp mean, of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to give people false hope, but what I would say is, uh, regardless of all the deplatforming and censorship that's happened over the last five years, and it has been five years at this point, that's incredible to think of. But anyway, regardless of all of that, our ideas have still spread, and awareness of certain things has has spread enormously. Uh, since then, whether it's the JQ or you know, white racial awareness, um, I think far more people are aware of this stuff now than they were in 2018 or 2015, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's happened in spite of all of their desperate and very well-resourced, as we said, efforts to uh, prevent that from happening. So, I, I, you know, you could easily conclude that they are... They are scared, and they're right to be scared because basically the truth is just emerging. Uh, and it's on our and side. I, I, they can never use yeah. the truth. They always have to have deceit, uh, obfuscation, mm -hmm. uh, cons you know, conspiracy by yeah, by by, uh, by omission. Right? There's all these things that they do all the time, and and people notice. Right? <laughs> they're, they're they're taking they're, they're seeing what's happening here. And as we're getting to you know Twitter later, obviously this is not the the solution to all this problem, but. You could see how scared they were when Elon Musk purchased Twitter, and and already they've whined and they've complained and they're like, "What what do we do? How do we shut this down? Who's going to police them?" Right? We have a clip later. You link that up on your Telegram as well. Who's going to police these people? Right? It's not ideal and it's not perfect, but at least if they're freaking out, there's got to be some positive aspects to it. Absolutely, I often say this: if your enemy doesn't want you to have something, then that's a sign that. He you should probably have it or you should want it. Uh, if your enemy is worried about something, that's probably a good sign uh, and so on. So when people say that Twitter doesn't matter or social media doesn't matter, well, then why are our opponents obsessed with limiting our access to social media? Yeah. Obviously, they're, they, obviously they think it matters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. it, it might not always be, and I think that's the case with a Trump. It's the case with a Tucker, with an Elon Musk, etc. Uh, the media and the establishment at large, academia and things like that, celebrities even, they project way more onto these people than they actually are. In some cases, like, I, I wish they were what they're accused of being <laughs> to a certain extent, but that's not the case in many regards, right? Um, but it shows you that even those the, even those tiny things that they that they are or that they do represent is, is creating enough cracks in that facade. And we know that if you start questioning a few things, you could be uh, end up questioning all kinds of things after that. That's why they have to restrict that. They have to. It's a very narrow corridor that that they will allow in terms of opinions uh, that are out there. And again, the, the spin recently have been just as said. We well, we need to improve democracy. We need to fortify. We're, we need to uh, save democracy, and that's the reason why we need to impl- you know employ these authoritarian measures uh, to restrict yeah. all the th- the freedoms that our supposed democracies are are offering to us. You know, I I just love this idea of democracy as something that needs to be you know, fortified, defended, <laughs> cleansed, purified, and so on. That the, <laughs> improved, it's the democracy updated. that. Yeah, it's the democracy that is the object that, that has to be protected. It's not the people or the nation or or truth, even. It's it's democracy, and of course, democracy is just a placeholder for the status quo. Global uh, homo. But 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 the public hear it as democracy and that gr- glorious thing. Um, yeah, it, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, absolutely, it, it is. Uh, we had uh, Michael, 5070, he says, Hail Henrik, hail woes, and hail the gods. Did you hear? DeSantis just signed a law dealing with his travel records, and it's retroactive. I guess they're, they're shut, like no one can have access to it. Here's the link if you want to take a look. Uh, I pulled that up real quick. It's from the uh, conservative treehouse, I believe, uh, w- which, of course, we have to be mentioned, right, that DeSantis recently went to Israel to write that, uh, you know, hate speech uh, law, essentially, right? You can't, well, you know, remember the Florida was this don't say gay bill, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> now speaking yeah. don't say Jew bill. That's what this was, essentially. Uh, and it came, of course, at the hands of activists such as, you know, Goyim TV, essentially. Uh, you, you, I don't think you have to say, well, it's only because of them and it's their fault. Uh, they might have done this anyway, but regardless of how you slice this, uh, they were using them as the excuse for why they had to, you know, kind of put this uh, this uh, new law in place, which basically is you can't uh, hand out any information or pamphlets, you can't uh, talk about certain uh, certain groups. In this case, it's it's Jews, right? Uh, but so of course he, he's. Uh, as that article says, they're sealing all of his travel records from the public. The law applies retroactively. I wonder what that is about. Is that uh, the Israel stuff, or what could that be about? But it's it's interesting. Uh, this guy seems like a snake, you know, to be honest. <laughs> DeSantis, I don't trust him at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not uh, keeping up to date with this stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about him. And the, the connections with Israel... Uh, you know, it's just not encouraging. When <laughs> you hear that he's gone to Israel to sign some sort of anti-hate speech thing, anti-anti-Semitism thing in Israel for Florida <laughs> to control the the freedom of speech of Floridians, American, yeah, American <laughs> I mean, citizens. Come on! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it's 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 very very cringe, right? Um, all right, so let's uh, thank you for that, Michael. So let, let's dive into this thing here a little bit with the uh, CEO then. Uh, of uh, Twitter, the new one. So the, it was confirmed today here uh, that Elon Musk is appointing Linda Yacar- Yacarino uh, as Twitter's new CEO. 
Mr. Musk said Ms. Uh, Ms. Yaccarino would focus on business operations and he would work on product design and technology at the social media platform. Now, first out the gates here, uh, we should mention that uh, she comes from the advertisement world. She's been uh, working with uh, NBC News, I think it is. Uh, oh, yeah, and NBC Universal, actually, it is. NBC Universal, uh, kind of the ad department there. Now, this, of course, from uh, uh, Musk's point of view, might be, you know, they were talking about their hemorrhaging uh, advertisements on Twitter and there was all these boycotts, blah, blah, blah. So this might be one of these like, well, well here, we'll put a we'll put a gal in that's like well connected in this world and it will look like a good move, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but of course, naturally, people raised a lot of concerns with this. Right. So one of them being that uh, she is uh, a executive chair at the World Economic Forum. And no, it doesn't begin and end with the World Economic Forum. Uh, but when these people are associated with these organizations, that same thing always happens, right? They're in on it. They're they're in on uh, the gay plan, the gay plan, yeah, the game plan with the establishment and the elite. Essentially, uh, there was other things with this woman too. She was like very uh, adamant about masking uh, the vaccine, right, the jab and stuff like that too. Uh, and, and just think about the things that at least under tr uh, tr uh, Elon Musk's uh, leadership of uh, Twitter. We had a lot of things, good things coming out on Twitter about COVID, about the vaccinations. It was allowed to be circulated there. Now, the question is, is she would she restrict such content? Is is she at, uh, in the position to do that? Uh, Musk has denied that and said, we're not going to be censoring or whatever. But just to get a slice of a uh, feel of who she is, check out this little clip. Presumably, this is when she's working with uh, NBC Universal, right? She's talking about this. Uh, get the get the masks back on everybody because we're we're so close to to winning over COVID. Look at this here. Hey everybody, Linda Yaccarino here, class of 1980. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about masking up or packing up. I promise you, we're doing good so far. Just keep your distance, get your hands washed often, get tested often, and wear your mask. That'll get us closer and closer to normal days. We are resilient. We are tough. Keep doing it. And we'll be back at Beaver Stadium before you know it. Mask up or pack up. We're almost there. We are. Oh, God. I, I don't know what this Beaver Stadium, Penn State, I guess she's wor she has worked there too, or she has some link to that, whatever. But yeah, stunning and brave. My God, what a what an incredible woman here is going to be heading up uh, Twitter. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of this, uh, Woes? It's so worrying. You know, I I don't want to be a com complete chauvinist, misogynist, and all that. Oh, it's fine. There's just something. There's just something not right about. It. I, I women are not as optimized for freedom of speech and for valuing it as men are. It just goes with the territory. Men are obviously going to be more uh, interested in possibilities, interested in the truth interested in you know hammering out a, a solution and, and analyzing a problem analyzing a situation whereas women are obviously going to be more about consensus um, uh, peaceful and you know all of that but building harmony we know that we also know that they tend to go along with the the powerful that again that seems to be built into female nature to do that whereas men have a far more uh, a far more of a what do you call it, a sort of desperado streak in them where they just want to find the truth. And, and you know, there's that uh, sigma male sort of uh, mindset where I don't th really think there's a, an equivalent in, in the female psyche, except when it's an, a mad female. Um, but 
for men, you know, finding the truth is just a, 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 it's just much more central to the male psyche, I think. So basically, I think men are far more likely to value freedom of speech uh, than women are, uh, especially when it's a woman like this, who is ensconced in the the global power structure. I think what's one thing that's interesting about this actually is it really emphasizes again how central the World Economic Forum is to things that happen in the world. It's like you can't it's like you can't do anything without some WEF graduate being involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, it's amazing. I saw a tweet uh and I I, li- I linked it uh, earlier. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But someone saying are you, to uh, someone on Twitter saying to Elon Musk, uh, was it really s- impossible to find someone at the top of media who was? Oh yeah, a, yeah, a, I got it here. <clears throat> exactly. You know? um, let me see here. Yeah, here it is. Dan King Bingo. Yeah, uh, is it really the case that the upper tier of the media industry is so tainted you couldn't find a one that wasn't waist deep in that anti-human awful organization? <clears throat> I'm not sure if you're. I don't think you replied to that yet, but. Uh, it was yeah, that, that was under a reply, right? Luke Rodowski and uh, yeah, he's kind of cringe as Jackson Hinkle guy, but yeah, we're all gonna get a band again, shadow bands, Luke says. And uh, Musk replied and said that will not be the case, which I obviously hope is true. Um, but yes, is there is there really none other? Again, I th- I think this is this kind of. Uh, it's a move here to try to like seem, you know, like you know, tighten the the tie, and you know, we're we're no no, we're respectable here. We're we're a serious organization. Let let's hire someone uh, who's yeah yeah who's knee deep in in like the uh, the deep state or whatever you want to call it, right? That could be it. It's like just a, a sort of pl- a plea for credibility. Like, uh, don't worry, Twitter isn't becoming a. a, a, a a crazy, you know, Dodge City kind of thing where anything goes. We are still a professional organization, a professional corporation. Uh, look at we've got a WEF graduate in charge. <laughs> that can be like the seal of professionalism, right? Exactly. Yep. Where it, that's why it's got to be one of those people because we, we know they're okay. Uh, maybe that's how it, how it how it works nowadays. Um, but I just don't have I just don't have any good feelings about this. Um, I, I mean, unless he's going to, uh, okay, unless she's some kind of renegade and he, and Musk knows this and that's why he's, he's taking her on. That doesn't seem likely at all. There, there are ju- just no signs that this woman has any thoughts of her own or any kind of rebellious streak, no indications of that whatsoever. No. So the other option is that he's going to have her on as CEO, but he's going to keep her on a very short leash. And basically he's still going to be in charge. Uh, maybe, or the third option is uh, that he uh, that he's autistic, and he <laughs> and he just he just doesn't realize th- when you invite the Trojan horse into the city, that's kind of it, right? You know, maybe he just doesn't realize that, and so six months from now, either she's going to have completely ruined all of his plans, or he's going to have to be firing her. Uh, and and finding a replacement. Uh, remember how uh, initially he expressed faith in your uh, what was it? Your Roth. Yeah. Yul, Yul, like, are Yul. you this? Are you, are, do you have a high IQ or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, how obvious does it need to be? Right. This isn't someone who's going to value freedom of speech, or and and it's someone who has never shown that they value freedom of speech. So that and, and speaking of your Roth, but also, uh, well, you know, there were other things with him. Um, 
But it's the same with this woman as well. What has she ever done to show that she values freedom of speech? So I think what Musk is doing is, you know, being charitable, what he's doing is a, a variant of what Trump did when he got into the White House, which is that he thinks he's so powerful that it doesn't matter who he has around him. So he can just have a, a, a WEF stooge at, at the highest level of the corporation, but it doesn't matter because he's still in charge. And so he'll control the stooge and all the stooges that she inevitably brings in. Um, no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, they will undermine you at every turn. Uh, they will organize against you. They will coordinate against you at every turn. And you'll, you'll end up spending most of your time trying to fend off their various power plays and, and their various attempts to screw up what you're trying to do. Just as happened to Trump in, uh, in the White House. Yeah, it's just, uh, amazing like, that anyone can make this mistake. I, I'm giving them like what the, the benefit of the doubt, I guess. They're like, all right, I'm I, I'm gonna, you know, let's let's. He, they think these people are reasonable, or that you you can like just, you know, you no no, you just you talk about your vision and you say what you want to do, and then they either agree or disagree, but you can you compromise, you know, kind of thing. It's like no, these are activists at every level. That that's what this is about. But you know, should be mentioned that I don't trust Musk. There's a lot of. Uh, questionable things uh, that he is doing, has been doing. Uh, here's just one of the examples of tweets uh, linked up uh, side by side of uh, Schwab, uh, World Economic Forum and Schwab, their take on from things like carbon tax to UBI to uh, the uh, jab, uh, transhumanism, all that kind of stuff. And of course, uh, Elon checks out on much of it, unless, of course, he has changed his mind on a lot of these things. Maybe in 2023 now, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's seen the light. He's waking up. Right? I mean, he was, Elon was re replying to and bringing attention then by, by doing that to essentially like uh, racial crime statistics tweets the mm -hmm. other day which is like all right well this is this is good he, he might not be our guy it, it, there's problems with the platform there's problems with him or whatever uh, and maybe sure maybe this is to win over win our trust or something i don't know what this what that would be about um but then he, there's this can the real elon musk stand up you know what i mean we don't know who we're getting it's the same with chucker it's the same with trump all these characters right they're there they, they make one move that looks pretty interesting and good or whatever and then the next day it's just like oh my god how can they not see it's almost like it's yeah as you said it, it's almost like they, they don't understand how bad it is out there because they're isolated and sheltered from this most of them all, all of these individuals coincidentally obviously people will will get this but they're all very, very, very wealthy. Elon, of course, is the wealthiest man on, on the planet, I think, currently still, right? Um, they're living, you know, isolated lives. They don't really have a, a, a true experience of how bad it is out there. Uh, and to some degree, they still think that the world is, is what they used to know that it was 20, 30, even 40 years ago, depending on their age, right? Um, so I, I, maybe they just don't get it yet, uh, but they're about to find out. If, if Either they play ball uh, or they don't play ball. If they don't play ball, they're going to find out. Or they're, uh, they're Trojan horses. <laughs> they're in on it. And with, with Musk, that could very well be. Here's another screenshot just running some of these uh, you know, uh, tweets that he's run on, on, on all kinds of crazy stuff. So I don't trust them, uh, Woes, but it's still okay to, for a little bit, have a platform that, that potentially uh, we could get our message out on. Yeah, but the, of course the thing is they could ban us just because of who we are. So we could play nice and be very careful and not engage in any debate or whatever. 
uh, and still just get banned. Of course. I mean, that that's what happened just a, a week ago or two weeks ago to uh, Kevin McDonald, uh, Tom Sunich, and uh, I've forgotten that I think there were four of them in total. Uh, uh, James Edwards was banned too. Yes, James Edwards. I think there was a fourth one. Probably. Yep. But um, it was all in one day, and like they hadn't done anything. As far as I know, none of them had actually. It was just, it was just a ban. And uh, yeah, th th this is the other thing. It hasn't. It's not perfect. Just under under Musk. You know, the, of course not. not pretend, no, no. no one is saying I mean, that. We need to. Yeah, we need to acknowledge that even with him on his own as CEO, it's been very far from perfect. Oh yeah. So now bringing this woman in, I yeah, it's very ominous. Um, one one other thing is. Uh, you said that he, he's very detached from normal life, and these people generally are. They're billionaires and so on, and that's why they just don't get it. But the other reason, of course, is uh, ideological conviction. Now, now Musk, I don't really see as much of an ideologue. I think he's, uh, again, he, he's he's who he is. Uh, and but but I think for a lot of them, and and him, there is a, prov a sort of um, protocol that they don't realise too much. Actually, something that's interesting is we, we tend to think that once you discover the first issue, once you get red-pilled on one thing, you inevitably get red-pilled on more issues, just one after another, like dominoes falling. Because that's how it is when you have a certain mindset. And those were the people who, the first generation or two of people who got red-pilled in the in the 21st century. You know, you know us. Um but if you don't have that rebellious mindset, then you can. What will happen is you get red pilled on one issue, and then, and then it stops there. And one group that exemplify this is the um, the gender critical group, the gender criticals, the people who oppose transgender stuff for kids and all that. But they, ref but they're still feminists. Right. Yeah. You know, they J.K. Rowling. Go. Right. Absolutely. J.K. Rowling, uh, there are many examples. Yeah. And um, th this is a very interesting thing because for us, it's kind of confusing. You know, we think, well, why, why can't you just get it? It's the same with Musk. I mean, how can he look at those black crime stats and not <laughs> and not get red-pilled thereafter on one issue after another? Right, yeah. But actually, it is possible <laughs> because if you have reasons not to get red-pilled, then you'll manage not to get red-pilled. Uh, it's a strange thing. Yeah, the, you get this inconsistency, uh, which is just a case. I mean, which shows you, sure, not everyone you know thinks the same. And this guy obviously has a. You can just look at his interviews, unless that's an act. He's very pe peculiar and particular, and little. Yeah, as you said, probably some like a little spurgy. You know what I mean? Maybe some OCD or some shit like that's going on, right? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but. Um, we we're getting what we're getting, and it's and as long as it's uh, going in our direction, it's it's good uh, generally. And I think we should we should in, uh, encourage that. And if we can get a guy like this on on our side, or whatever you want to call it, then sure, why not? Uh, but again, back to the point. With this move, it doesn't seem like it. Then it's a major setback all of a sudden. We'll see. We'll see. It's a little too early to tell. Maybe um, it won't be as bad as people think. 
maybe this is high, m more symbolic to try to kind of save the financial aspects to his his endeavor. Long term, I would be more worried about uh, you know he that that company named Twitter is officially dissolved now, right? He's he's as he's doing with all his endeavors, he's renamed it to X Corporation, I believe. But I believe I believe, and uh, it it is at some point going to interlink with all his other endeavors, right? Neuralink, Starlink, SpaceX. Uh, the AI has been developing both the, the self-driving cars with the Tesla and stuff like that. And Twitter uh, might become what they call the everything app. And his agenda for this uh, will tie perfectly into the World Economic Forum. And in fact, a guy that we think, or I don't, but many people who are at least in normie cons, right? They're like, you know, he's our guy and free speech and whatever. Um, this guy's a Trojan horse. And a lot of the things... Um, that the world economic that they would never accept from the world economic forum, they would accept from an Elon Musk because he's based and red pilled. You know what I mean? So we gotta we gotta be careful about these characters because you never know uh, kind of in what direction they will go. But I again, if we can align, you know, parallel for a little bit and and go in the same direction, that that's good. We'll see what happens, and and it kind of ties us into a little bit with. Um, and I, you, yeah, I know you had one thing before we talk about Tucker, actually, and his show oh, we get, go going to Twitter. There's another thing. There might be more attention, therefore, brought to Twitter, a platform for video. Musk even said recently, yes, we're like pivoting towards video. A lot more is going to be about video publishing and stuff. So it could be kind of a competitor to, to uh, YouTube. But you mentioned, uh, or you linked up a tweet regarding the... Um, where this actually comes from, right? The the, the woke issue, wokeness, right? Uh, is it is it a World Economic Forum thing, a Davos thing, uh, or is it a DC thing? Yeah, this is. I, I linked that not because I agree with the the tweet from that that's academic agent OG Roland, right? Okay, I didn't know. Not because, okay, yep. yeah, not because I agree with it, but just because I thought it was an in, uh, you know worthwhile talking point. I think you would really need to have him on to make this case. Sure. That wokeness doesn't come from the world economic forum because to me you know I, I you know i think it does i think they're obsessed with it they they seem obsessed with it they just because their their mindset is technocratic rather than you know like a, a stupid 18 year old sjw girl from 2016 <laughs> it doesn't mean that they don't believe in this stuff uh if she's emotional and hysterical and whatever they are calm uh technocrats but this still seems to be something that they absolutely wholeheartedly believe in. Uh, maybe just as a matter of default, because they don't have any other worldview to believe in. Uh, but for whatever reason, they do seem to believe in this. Uh, you know, the Davos crowd and all that. Are you telling me that they don't care about LGBT and trans? I mean, come on. Uh, they're building a system, which, you know, transhumanism, in which. Uh, this kind of stuff is integral. Yeah, I mean, the whole Solid. ESG Solid. thing is basically a, one of their inventions. I mean, sure, it's kind of an overall, like, it's tons of different NGOs and businesses and think tanks and stuff like that. They're kind of generally just pulling in the same direction and, and not every development on, on wokeness or the, the progressive just lunacy that we're seeing might come from every time it's the World Economic Forum, obviously. Uh, but the, but they have a very big sway. And, and what's... A, what, what else is, that's remarkable about this is how many big corporations, for some reason, have just decided to like sign on to these kinds of things. In some regards, we know that they'll be losing money doing it. Just look what happened recently with the uh, uh, Bud Light kind of thing, right? But you're gonna ha you're gonna have to start signaling now as a corporation, right, uh, with your environment, social governance score. 
Um, and it's going to be stakeholder capitalism. I'm, I'm even, you know, Prince Charles at that time was talking about that. It, it's tied into the Great Reset, converting the whole financial system to like using nature as asset classes. It's, it's like this whole new, uh, you know, system that they're basically bringing about. But there's so many parties that are like signing on to it, are willing to do it, you know, from the Black Rocks and the, you know, the big asset management companies. To, to some of the smaller ones. And, and if, you, if you're not part of that, if you're ending up on the outside of that, well, you're not going to be part of that little new network of uh, ca you know, neoliberal capitalist corporations and banks uh, that basically are, is now going to handle all the future trade. They're, gonna, uh, they're the ones who are going to sign contracts and stuff like that. They're, they're basically trying to, this is like a, uh, this is a, a social credit score for corporations, right? And that's very much a World Economic Forum, Davos type of um, you know, play, essentially. Absolutely. And I'm trying to work out what the Washington complex it, to me. And I, I, you know, I don't want to besmirch or you know, make fun of this uh, statement from academic agent. I just, I, maybe I just don't understand it, because to me, the Washington complex is you know, neocon. Uh, it's you know, Zionist and so on. It's not it's not so much concerned with social issues. Um, but, you know, maybe that's naive of me. Um, the other thing is this thing with you know, Twitter, Musk, uh, and Tucker Carlson. It felt up until just two days, uh, you know, two days ago, it felt like this is a chance for something new to emerge, a new power complex that is a rival to what you were just describing. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's suddenly been nixed by this this woman. <laughs> Yeah, the air, even if it, even if it uh, yeah. actually will not be nixed, if the air has gone out of it a little bit, the enthusiasm has been punctured for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those cases where you've got to try and remember how things felt just two days ago, <laughs> because at that point, Tucker Carlson had just announced that he was going to do his show. He's going to continue his show on Twitter, and that would inevitably bring huge numbers of people uh, to Twitter. Uh, probably not boomers, you know, because they're of a certain age and stuck in their ways and all that. But it would have brought Tucker to a, a whole new, uh, younger generation. And it would have brought some number of boomers to Twitter. Um, and, and it would have reinvented Twitter as basically the replacement for political YouTube, um, which is what we've needed for years now, because YouTube has indicated that it has absolutely no interest in uh having you know, politics political discussion it, it's up for wokery and woke politics but no discussion no debate at all it's just propaganda so we needed our and still do need a platform to replace what youtube was in 2013 to 17. Uh, a hotbed of activity and discourse and debate um twitter could become that and it still could uh, but I can't help but think that this Linda Yaccarino is going to work against that in every possible way. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't be surprised if he ends up firing her, uh, just as he fired Yul Roth. Exactly. No, you're right. You're, you're right. He's yeah. He thinks yeah, like, well, this is a smart move. He's he's a four, he's like Trump, right? He's the 4D chess player, player guy here. So it's like I'll hire her. It looks good to the advertiser. 
but I will continue running Twitter as I did before. Genius, ding, you know, kind of thing. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens, which is, of course, not very bright. But um, So, yeah, so here, here's Tucker's announcement. I guess we don't have to play the whole thing. I mean, it's viewed off a lot of times. Uh, but he's basically talking about media and stuff like that, and, and obviously he's alluding to here how he's been restrained by Fox News, and 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 yes, you you get uh, it's it's can I yeah go go ahead can I can I just say look at the unfortunate lighting here where he merges and and I, you know I love I I don't want to make fun of Tucker, but this is unfortunate. And I love the the widescreen too. It's very wide. He merges into the background. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Do you have a hair light, Tucker? How many millions do you have? I mean, it's fine. Look, it's fine. He he just he obviously like someone helped him set up a DSLR here or whatever, you know, on a, boom, yeah. a boomer mic, a boomer mic, and uh, you know he did, he did it on the and fly. Heaving troubles. You know, everyone has them. I, I you know I know that. I think it maybe the the mic was hanging down, so he was, let's crop the footage and make it super <laughs> wide, ultra widescreen. <laughs> That's what. <happens. laughs> Uh, yeah, so a lot, a lot of views. The tweet got like 126.9 million views. The video in itself, of course, is not the same. That's just to how I think how many like have seen the tweet, right? Not everyone watched the video, but no, they're getting a lot of play right now uh, because this is the hot topic of the of the day in a sense, right? Uh, Tucker being fired, what's going on, all the drama around this, right? Uh, this will simmer down a little bit, but he could do he could probably do better uh, with an independent so-called internet show. Uh, than he would do on Fox News. He he might even be able to somehow. I've seen, you know Twitter is going to bring, bring subscriptions. They're going to have you know kind of things. I I assume that like YouTube has with like membership content if it's video oriented things like this. But even like posts for those who subscribe to whatever. Basically, they're monetizing as all these websites do now. They're monetizing the content. He could very well be making as much or maybe even more money on on doing his own thing. Ironically, we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, but it's, it's the same thing here with the Tucker. That's my main point here. I wish he was as bad as the as as the establishment says that he is. And in some cases, you get these curious things, right? You get these very dumb comments about how you, I'm sure you saw the clip. We played it a couple of times of uh, him talking about how a uh, how it's a Nazi oh. idea to have a white person speaking for you, implying this is a fallacy in and of itself. It's a straw man argument he makes. But in 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 summation, the terms uh, he's using. Uh, and what he's implying is basically like whites, you know, you can't have like white people organizing just because they're white. That's a Nazi idea. And that's the most dumbest, retarded thing I've heard in a long time. But then, you know, the t the texts um, came out about how, you know, he the Dominion lawsuit, Fox News, blah, 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 all that stuff. How white men doesn't fight like this, like dishonorably and, and things like that. So I'm like, can the re where's wh who's the real Tucker? Are we going to be get if he does his Twitter show, if he's independent, are we going to be getting the real Tucker or the fake Tucker who tries to like you know kind of rein in himself? What do you think, Wills? That is interesting. I hadn't actually put those two things together. That uh, that is a contrast. But you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think about that. I. I want to emphasize because I've said a few things that people might might make people think that I have a faith in Tucker Carlson or in Elon Musk. I don't. I realize that things are complicated and murky, and these are guys who are you know, well versed at fitting in, getting along with a consensus, and at putting a, a, across a certain image of themselves. Um, but at the same time. Indeed, the the what goes on in secret, like those those text messages, 
would seem to be a more reliable indicator of what they really believe. Right. So when he says white men don't fight like that, I mean, it, that is, you can't help but think that's significant. Yeah, exactly. So he's, and I mean, this is totally fine, right? This is this is his um, strategy. I I would assume no one knows this. Maybe people close to him knows this, but. You know, he 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 wants to bring you know everybody along, right? The, but he can he. I mean, I'm not going to step in and say you need to be super radical right away. You know, it's like it's not my place. I, I, if he has a plan, great. If he has a plan, great. But if he doesn't have a plan and this is all random, fuck you, because <laughs> then you're retarded, right? But like, but also this, he has been fairly good at not like bowing to the the left and the the establishment to a certain extent, right? He's part of the establishment at the same time. This is weird, right? He, he has this, he's running around with his red little Kabbalah bracelet and stuff like that. Uh, he uh, he is an heir to the, was it the Swanson uh, frozen foods <laughs> uh, dynasty or whatever it is, right? He's part of the establishment. He even, he even said things uh, in his book, Ship of Fools. So it's kind of, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but like essentially part of the reason why a Tucker Carlson, and I, I would include a Bill Maher, I would include even a Barry Weiss in this, I would include Constantine Kissin in the UK in this group, they are telling the elite and the establishment, slow down with your wokeness, because this is awakening people, this is dangerous, right? We're about to lose everything. If you poke the white bear too much, it's going to stand up and no one wants to see that. In other words, they're more afraid of a counter reaction and an organization to not only stop, but to reverse the crimes that have occurred against us and our civilization over the last, what, seven, eight decades, you could go back more, but something like that. Um, and they seem, and, and ultimately, that's that is their concern. They're, they're saying, "No, slow. Do this more slowly. Then you, then we can pull it off." It's the, it's the, no, no, no. As long as the immigration is illegal, it's fine. We want to be replaced illegally and slowly, so they don't notice. And if that is the case, then this is a, a worse Trojan horse than I ever thought it was. Yeah, um, you know, I've actually seen Constantin Kissin, and I think he recognized me. Um, it was quite a strange experience because I thought I could go up and talk to you, but I, I just didn't. Same with Jordan Peterson. I, I saw Jordan Peterson. I was like a few meters away from him and uh, <laughs> just thought, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what is the point? So I, so I didn't. I mean, what would I say to them? You know, these, these people uh, are living in a different universe from me. Um, Constantine Kissin is just so, uh, so oily. Yes. And I, I agree with you that ultimately, of course, he's not on our side. He's no. not on white people's side. He, he's, it's Jewish. He's a, yeah, yeah, he's a, a Russian Jew uh, who has managed to uh, in, ingratiate himself very effectively into the British, what would you say, not intelligentsia, but the, that, that centre-right clique who are against wokeness, but not because they're racist. Yeah, not because they, they no, no, care no, of about race or whatever, no, no, just no. because they, they don't like all this political correctness. Yes. Uh, and the wokery. Um, <laughs> but it's it's not because they actually want to save their country or their people. That would be that would be ludicrous. Um, they just don't like what trans pronouns or something. <laughs> <laughs> and people like him, Constantine Kissin, obviously exist, uh, and I'm guessing are astroturfed and heavily pushed, to do this, to do this job of basically stopping the 
the, the awakening the, the <laughs> in a way. Yeah, stopping right. the, the the awakening from happening. Yeah. Um, and I I think part of it is as you say, maybe they they are trying to encourage the, the the rest of their kind to slow it down. But the other thing is that they're there to prevent the public from just waking up. You know, so you you Constantin Kissin is the guy who says, uh, of course we want you know diversity is yeah, multiculturalism, good thing, but, but, yeah, yeah. But, of, but of course they need to integrate. Exactly. So we need yeah. to slow it down. Yep. And it should be legal. Um, so it's that placating voice that. In other words, because it occurs to me how 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 absurdly dishonest and, and in fact vicious this is, right? It's the leftists, he says. They say you're you're doing it wrong, right? We, we, exactly. If you want to mix, if you want these people to mix out and and eliminate themselves, right, from from history by taking themselves out as an ethnic group, we need to do that. No, no, we we hand over the reins. Says we'll do it better. <laughs> we'll do it so that it actually works. <laughs> you know, what I mean, we, in a way, we're lucky enough. Surely, it doesn't mean I, I'd support them. They're still insane. But ironically, then. Leftists are, have so much hubris, and the people in charge, and activists, and you know, elites, globalists, whatever you want to call them, um, they're so they're, they're some of them are good at, at what they're doing, but overall, collectively, when they act, they're they're very poor at what they're doing, and their hatred for us is so apparent that they all they know is just like full throttle, pedal to the metal, into the wall. They don't they have no other mode, you know what I mean? And in a way we're yeah. we're lucky that we have that because if if a Bill Maher could take over, if even if a Tucker Carlson, I believe, would take over, um, we'd be doomed. Uh, because they would slow it down and they would say, no, 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 you know, let's do this right to this time because it's, it's not about race, right? And it's wrong for white people to defend themselves uh, or, or organize in any way as a group, obviously, because that's racism and Nazism. So we can't have that. Uh, so the only way to go about this is to basically hopelessly blend so much that we're all mixed out and nobody knows who's who. That that I mean, they want, the, they want the, M, this is the MLK conservatard, right? They believe that a communist infiltrator uh, who ironically, of course, was was uh, bankrolled right by uh, by Jewish interests back in the day as well. MLK, Martin and, Luther and King, and his speeches, and his speeches, and his speech, wrote his speeches time. and all that stuff exactly uh, as an attack on you know white America at that time. But his message was brought to the rest of the West, right? The anti-colonialist message, anti-slavery message, blah blah blah. All of that was to instill white guilt to erode our civilization to ultimately destroy our people. And they want to go back to that. They just like, can we just go back to like the first level? of white genocide <laughs> it was great then wasn't it <laughs> when so when no one saw race you know what i mean and, and obviously this is this is not good enough this is um uh we 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 don't have to fall in like they do into the straw man argument that as soon as white people begin to organize then it's concentration camps and cattle cars and and we as europeans have no ability whatsoever to while yes standing up for ourselves and taking our own side have have no ability to do uh, to to restore order and and um, justice ultimately in a way to our countries in a in a honest uh, uh, noble and even uh, certainly you know, we could attempt a peaceful way right there, there's things we can do there's things we could do uh, amicably amicably with other other groups right there in our countries and so forth 
but they're pretending that this is not even part of the discussion. This doesn't even exist. There's no way to fix what the leftists have done to us over the last six decades. There's no way. We, we can't talk about repatriation or anything like that. No, no, no. Uh, that's how bad it is, right? That's how dishonest they are. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's alarming when you realize this is still where most conservatives are. You know, most people on the right still think that MLK was terrific. He was a tremendous guy and he laid it out for us. He he showed us the way. Uh, we, we just need to get back to his teachings, which were written by Stanley Levison. But nonetheless, uh, they, they were spoken by MLK, that, that saint. And if only we could get back to the sanity of caring about the content of people's character. <laughs> Rather than the color of their skin. And, you know, this is all such ridiculous, cliched stuff. But every single day I see this on Twitter, some some boneheaded conservative saying this stuff, saying, oh, I, I don't care about the color of someone's skin. Why would I care about skin color? And I hate that phrase. I hate this reducing of everything, all of the heritage, the genetics, the thousands and thousands and thousands of years of evolution. They reduce all of it, the, the, what you might call the bio spirit. They reduce all of that to skin color. As yeah. if we're, you know, Smarties or M&Ms or something. We're just not, it's just, it means nothing. Well, it does mean something. And every time a white person white flights, they show that it does mean something, that it's not just skin color. I mean, this is absurd and everyone knows at some level that it's absurd. This is just a lie. Um, and yet you cannot get the, the average conservative to stop parroting this drivel. I mean, they really believe in an MLK, I think is probably more than the leftists did uh, mm -hmm. 50 years ago. Absolutely. You know, they, no. Yeah, this is their religion. The leftist, yeah, because the leftist wasn't craving credibility, yeah. whereas the right winger today is. He's craving forgiveness for being right wing and you know caring about economics and whatever. So he's yeah. got to really uh, <laughs> pin his colors to the mast with uh, lo loving MLK. It's it's just ridiculous. But th the other thing that you said about uh, it's actually advantageous for us if the the this ideology is more is embodied by more overt people who, who are more outspoken about it. It is. And th this is why I said yesterday that I hope that Jonathan Greenblatt remains in charge of the ADL because he is so awful. He is just, he cannot stop putting his foot in it and, and showing, uh, especially Americans, but you know, these days it's all international nowadays. Everyone sees the, the clips of him speaking and how disgusting he is. So I think it's better because what was his name? The, 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 his, the predecessor, Abe something, I think. Abe, Abe Foxman. Foxman, yeah. Foxman, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen it said that he was far more uh, sly about this kind of stuff. The, he, he, Greenblatt he has far been... Far more milk toast. Although Greenblatt is... You know, obviously, I mean, obviously, right? The, the fanatically right wing for Israel and all that kind of stuff. And and yes, he did. What he goes against, like the squad or whatever. Like, oh, Palestine. You know, as soon as they raise Palestinians, is that? But otherwise, it's very left wing, right? Even even other Jews have seen criticize Greenblatt and say you've you've become just a woke uh, leftist. You know, kind of thing that gets critiqued. For that. And and of course, that's true. But it's also 
again, it's not about being principled on the basis of ideology. This is an, a, a much higher agenda here, right? Let's use leftism to undermine, you know, white uh, white America essentially and the rest of the world, uh, and let's do whatever is beneficial to um, uh, to to open the borders of, of uh, European and Western countries. You know what I mean? Um, and and whatever yeah. whatever contradiction that you might be able to point out or whatever he just uh, they don't care about that they just they steamroll onward uh, but as you said they just can't help themselves and if you look at like ADLs and Greenblatt's like the replies and stuff like it's all like people who know <laughs> what the these groups are doing it's I mean they're very often ratioed on some of these dumb comments and stuff that they make um, and that's kind of that's in, enjoyable to see that you know what I mean uh, that that pushback. And this is the kind of thing that I don't think happened five years ago. Yeah, you know. it, no, I don't th exactly. I don't think it was. I, th I think, um, I mean, we no, not no. Then it was for a while, right? It was for a little bit. Twitter, you could. One of the great things with Twitter was you could actually write to the politician. He would maybe see your tweet or your reply, or you got a notification about someone replying to you if they're owning the comments and ratioed. They didn't like that, but then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Right under. Uh, Jack and this other Indian's leadership, essentially. But now, as far as, far as what it feels like, yes, it's not perfect. We've been over this. Uh, but it, it opened up all of a sudden again. I, I remember even when, when the announcement came of, of Elon purchasing Twitter, it was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of followers just started like bu -bu 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 coming in like three, four days in a row, for example. So it's like, obviously, there's like throttling here. They're letting go of stuff. They're removing bots or whatever, right? The leftist uh, celebrities and, and people in the establishment were losing followers uh, because they were like, you know, trying to cover up the evidence or whatever. They try to use Twitter as as like a, a sledgehammer, right, in the discourse uh, of, of controlling the narrative, of, of artificially boosting certain things and saying, well, this is... You know, our ideas are very, very popular. Now, yeah. when I look at Twitter, it's it's the opposite. It's it's it, again, it might not be you know our guys or whatever, but like, how often do you not see like uh, I don't know Ian Miles Jong's tweet or whatever about like anti leftism or anti wokeness uh, gets like you know hundred thousand <laughs> likes or something like that. And I mean that's that's fine. It's a good it's a good beginning at least, right? The, uh, yes, but as you said, the danger is that we do revert to that. We do revert to the anti-wokeness stuff where we're just getting replaced legally. Yeah. That's that's a huge danger because yeah. it's like, it's the poison chalice. It's the, okay, we're giving you what you wanted. Uh, and so that means your your grandchildren won't be brown, maybe, but your great-grandchildren will There you be. go, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And well, that's not quite good enough. <laughs> slow, if we just slow, you get slowly just browner, <laughs> just a little bit at the east time. All right, <laughs> let me take a couple of super chats here uh, before I before I lose those. Uh, Jack Handy says, if we want to win, we better start fighting like that. Yeah, fight, fighting like it exactly. Uh, absolutely, it's uh, and, and that's true. Uh, but also, timing is very important. I've talked about that many times. There's an awful lot of things you could do, but you'd basically like just, um, uh, well, you'd look like a fool, but you'd like end up in jail or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a fine balance between, you know, pushing the discourse enough and try to awaken people, but then at the same time, not just unnecessarily putting, you know, uh, crosshairs on your backs and, and, and saying, here here I am, you know, so, we do, so it's it's timing, right? Like, take, take it easy. It, 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 yes, it's late in the game. It's dire and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we have to be smart about what we do, how we do it, and the timing of it. And, w when, and we got to learn to do things at the right time. But I agree with you, Jack, of course. Uh, Rowdy Dude says, uh, Hail Henrik, Hail Red Ice. Thank you. Good to see you. 
Mr. Wright says buy peanuts. Thank you. That's right. We're talking about peanuts earlier. Uh, good to see you, Mr. Wright. Uh, we also have a big donor from North Fork. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Hale Hendrick, uh, another great conversation in progress. Much thanks to you and Millennial Woes. Thank you, North Fork. Very kind of you. Thank you so much for your uh, support. Uh, nationalism, nationalism.tv as well says, uh, watch this if you want to hate Constantine Kissing more than you ever did. I haven't seen that. Is that from... Oh, is this the... Uh, is this when he goes after Pearl or something like that? I saw the trailer of oh. that. Maybe that's what it is. I'll, I'll click in on your uh, uh, on your tweet and check. Yeah, just pearly things. I did see that little uh, uh, clip, little trailer that was on Twitter, where like you're. Why do you give a voice? And I, again, I don't like Fuentes or whatever, and it, all the shit that's happened recently. Like it's a disgrace with the pedophile. I mean, but but just putting that to the side uh, for now. The way that the kissing and the other guy, what's the other co-host guy there of the Francis Foster? Foster, okay, yeah, uh, goes after her and like kind of this gotcha, like you know, because she dared to have Fuentes on and to have a conversation with him, and now they're like almost bringing her there to like correct her mistake. Like you're not allowed to bring one of those persons on yet. Aren't those the guys of like, oh, my freedom of speech and like we got to hear yeah. all perspectives and you know bullshit like that. Yeah. This is what they were saying like, when they first showed up, uh, I guess it was three or four years ago now, that they were pro-freedom of speech. They didn't like the censorship. They didn't like the left's deplatforming and cancelling cancel culture. They were against all of that. We're going to hear all sides. But, and this is how they're a Trojan horse, because they claim to be that, but then rapidly uh, you realise that they actually do have very strong preferences and, and very strong aversions to certain things. And of course, it's all about the Jews. Uh, and Constantine Kissin is clearly the brains of the operation here. He's the Jewish one. The other one, I think, is half Brazilian or something in half English uh, and, and clearly thick as shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's clearly not. Uh, but he looks funny. Just, he looks funny and he sounds funny <laughs> and his laugh is absurd. But uh, he's got this most embarrassing laugh. <laughs> you know, that's not a criticism. Um, but the, my point is that he clearly just follows Constantine Kissin's lead on everything. Right. He's just there as like a token uh, guy, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, to, to see how they treated that. Uh, what, per, what's her name? Peril? I forgot her name. Ah, something like but that, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it was nasty. And. And totally, and, and what I mean, uh, this is what they claim to be, which is pro freedom of speech and hearing all sides. Why not? Why not just hear Nick Fuentes side? Right, for God's sake. And I mean, and it's fine, you know. I mean, like she could bring on whoever the hell she wants, whatever. But like, just bring on like a Jared Taylor or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like with all the shit that's with yes. Fuentes now, you know, with like, oh my god, like they just uh, all right. But whatever, she did what she did. Uh, it, it's a it's a good uh, a good attempt at least, right? All right. Um, Anyway, so so yeah, so we have this thing with with Tucker. Uh, Musk came out, released a statement, and said we have not signed a deal with the Tucker. Tucker didn't make it sound exactly that way, but kind of a little bit that way. That like, we're here on t you know Twitter now. We've and, and and again maybe here because of the statement from Musk, it was one of these like, oh this this might look bad for the advertisers or whatever that they're, this is going to be just like Tucker's uh, uh, you know uh, re crazy replacement idea outlet or something like that, right? Um, but anyway, so we'll see where it goes. Um, we had people seething over this too. Obviously, the, a, a green blad. I want to play that since we, we're talking about him too. Uh, he made some fun. And, and, and Greenblatt has been like, well, how many times have you not said like, 
Tucker, t- Tucker must go. Like he, he dared to bring up replacement again last night on his show. Right here, here we go. This is from. Uh, this is probably like last year, or maybe even a year before that. Um, replacement theory is a white supremacist tenant that the white race is in danger by rising tide of non-whites. It's anti-Semitic. Wonder why it's anti-Semitic. Uh, racist and toxic. Tucker has to go. He finishes that off with right. And of course, most recently here. Uh, he went on uh, MSNBC uh, and, and yet again uh, seething about this uh, deal here that, uh, well, again, it's not a deal. I should, I should not say that then, but uh, this attempt by Tucker to bring his show uh, to uh, Twitter. And basically, these people just cannot, as you said before, they just cannot control themselves. And they're just they dig their holes even deeper uh, when they come out and say these kind of stupid things. Uh, and I think... I think we could play. Let me play a little bit of that just real quick to see what he actually, because uh, I didn't listen to it yet. Uh, but it's the same thing, right? Oh, great replacement. Oh, conspiracies. Oh, election fraud. J6. All that kind of stuff, right? Let's just listen like a minute here to this. See what he said. Joining our coverage, New York Times reporter Jeremy Peters, as well as the CEO and national director of the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt. Jonathan, we, we and he, treated he did, messages last night. And I know let your me see focus. Here. Okay, I can't pause when I'm in full screen like that. That's bizarre. He, they've even laid their own like lower third over MSNBCs. That's great, by the way. That's <laughs> it's, just, it's fine, but like, that's hilarious. We'll take this clip. Isn't it's ours. Where I think Musk and Tucker would like everyone's focus to be free speech. It's about what kind Ooh, of speech free and speech. the consequences of the speech and the language and the words that they know can. Can be we just put these people in jail right now? To damage and discriminate. Your reaction to today's news. Yeah, I mean, I was fairly bewildered to see that Tucker Carlson managed to get fired from Fox and then find a new home for his anti-Semitism. What do you think would happen, you dumbass? Xenophobia on Twitter. He could have gone. He could probably have gone to. He was on YouTube before, right under the Fox. And he could start a channel everywhere like everyone can. But, you know, these people see they they don't want these people to be able to. Uh, run an independent show. That's what it's about. <laughs> they Absolutely. Should, you should be able and, to ban the them is, right now. It's dangerous for our democracy. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, if Tucker had gone to, and I, and I think he does have his own YouTube channel, uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, I, I, but anyway, if he'd go, uh, relied on YouTube, then I think this guy, Jonathan Greenblatt, would feel much more confident about being able to get it shut down or at least controlled, get it, get it censored and so on. But because it's Twitter, He's much more worried because he knows that Elon Musk is much less on board the program than Google are. Yeah. So this is why it's an issue. Uh, I think he would be very relaxed about Tucker being on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, he did his little statement here. <clears throat> it's about time. We're talking about far for far too long. Tucker Carlson has used his primetime show to spew anti-Semitic, racist, xenophobic, anti-LGBTQ hate to millions. And now Jonathan is going to do it to millions more. But uh, anyway, it's fun. You know, we make this mistake, and that's, this is certainly true for like a Trump too. Uh, we make this mistake sometimes to think that just because someone uh, has all the right enemies, they have to be the, a good guy or one on our side, and that's, of course, not necessarily true. Uh, let me play this real quick here, too, because I had no idea. Uh, apparently, uh, the ADL happens to be 109 years old this uh, this year. 
Steve Schmidt. Pleased to be joined by Jonathan Greenblatt. He is the chief executive officer of one of America's most important institutions, <laughs> the 109-year-old Anti-Defamation League, the ADL. <laughs> Jonathan has a big job. Thrilled to have him. One of America's most important. Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, we laughed over that, but yeah, 109 years old. How about that? How about that for symbolism? Uh, anyway, I don't want to listen to it. this. Is 52 minutes long here. Steve Schmidt. Doesn't he have a show on MSNBC? Is this just like his private YouTube channel or something? This guy's a lunatic. The warning with with Steve Schmidt. Oh my God. All right. Good times. <clears throat> Good times. Uh, by the way, to while we're at it, and I wanted to. I haven't done this. I did a lot of research on Grossberg um, and uh, and some of these other people that we think assume are r responsible for, uh, or at least partially responsible for Tucker's firing. There was a number of things. Uh, although this was denied by Fox, some people recently said, and there was a report that said it, that it was actually part of the Dominion lawsuit settlement. Uh, because, of course, it was right on the heels of that. It was literally like a week or so after uh, Fox News settled with Dominion Voting Systems for about $800 million. They had asked $1.6 billion, by the way. They're like, they're not even worth like $10 million, the company. Uh, but anyway, so they got that. They got almost $800 million. And some people said, no, it's, it's nothing to do with that, blah, blah, blah. But it seems to be, it's, it's probably all of the above. It's probably not the singular thing. But anyway, the Grossberg lady, uh, who was a former producer, she was put there uh, by someone who we don't know yet. Uh, she had not. She was very. It was not a good time with the other people there that was working on the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, but she came from Maria Bartiromo's show, and all of a sudden she was offered this job. And within literally within six months, she had she she had quit or she was no she was fired, and she had opened like a a lawsuit against him for sexual harassment and anti-Semitism. And she even like I don't even think she worked three months out of those six months. Uh, while working out, it was almost like she was planted there to like cause problem and to and to like to be a saboteur of sorts. And it seems to succeed. But regardless, she has withdrawn the coercion lawsuit. Coercion lawsuit, but uh, uh, but right now, but she plans to refile it. So we'll see what happens. But she got a little bit of pushback. Uh, this lady. Uh, and she just seems like a complete uh, uh, lunatic. And I was very surprised. Uh, that the Tucker Carlson crew, including Tucker, couldn't have more say about who their executive producer should be. You know what I mean? I think they were itching to get rid of him from Fox, to be honest. Have you followed this at all? Yeah, I followed it at the time. Uh, I, I think you're probably right that they just wanted rid of him and they wanted a good enough excuse, a, a plausible excuse to get rid of him because he was causing them headaches at Fox. And this was the case for about, I don't know, a, a year, two years uh, he was getting ever more daring in in his rhetoric, and uh, and also in his associations. And you know, he did that. I think it was the Heritage Foundation speech just uh, about five days before he got fired. And uh, I think that he's, yeah, it looks like this woman was put in there uh, to, as you say, to to create trouble and give them the the pretext to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, and then there is. The, the Dominion thing is related, but I, I don't think it's why they got rid of Tucker Carlson. Apart from anything else, he was the he was actually warning against saying things that they couldn't prove about the Dominion. I know. Machines. Yeah. No. So. Yep. I I think that's sort of coincidental that this has happened at the same time. Um, 
maybe I'm missing something. No, it could be, we don't know. We, we don't know yet. He's uh, Tucker is suing Fox News as well uh, for breach of contract, and he's basically want to squeeze out more money and stuff like that. You know what? This is a little detail, but you, you made fun of kind of how, <laughs> how he blends into the background in, the, in this We're Back video there. I, one thing that will be interesting to see uh, is will because tech i mean with as much money that he has and resources his if he does a show even if it's independent is it should look as good or even gooder better than uh his show with fox news did right but i have this feeling I believe, yeah i believe he was making 20 million a year at, at right. fox news yeah so. so quite a bit so he was he had a contract signed up to 2025 so that's like what 60 more 45 50 million uh, that he wants uh, from them. Uh, and he has a lot of money, this guy, a lot of money. He's very comfortable, incredibly comfortable. So just with that as a little side note, when and if he does start is, I think he, he Fox tried to restrict him from being able to go to another network, I think. That was some kind of thing here. Uh, but starting it like on the internet, uh, I, I assume he can do, but maybe, maybe there were some restrictions in his contract. You can't produce any content outside of Fox, blah, blah, blah. So they got him by the balls up, on tw uh, up until 2025. We'll see what happens. But regardless, let's see how it looks. I got this feeling it's like it was, it was kind of like with all this budget, it, it will still probably look, look semi-amateurish. Uh, hopefully I'm, 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 I'm wrong. <laughs> On that and we'll see what happens but uh hopefully he can get what i'm saying is hopefully if he does start up this i hope we can see the real tucker i hope i hope we can see a, a tucker that's finally taking off the gloves and that this guy has to understand that like okay well you might not see race but race sees you tucker and the the reason for why you're so attacked is because you're a white male that stands up for yourself it's not because you're a christian because they attack atheists and pagans alike they attack all of us because we're white they hate us because we're europeans and in fact with the Grosbergs and some of these other people there at Fox, it, it could even be that a whole, it's its a, actually an ethnic allegiance, which is at least partially responsible for why a Tucker Carlson was fired. And so ironically, he might still have this, like, I refuse to kind of an, acknowledge that uh, in-group has anything to do with this. Well, that, that's literally what might have gotten you fired, fired at least at least partially, you know what I mean? Uh, from the Greenblatts to the Grosbergs, they're all activists against him. Absolutely, and even if Grosberg didn't do it for those reasons, which I find rather unlikely. I'm sure she did. But even if she didn't, well, the ADL have been gunning for him for, for years now. Oh, yeah. So it's, of course, it's ethnic. And again, it's not religious. You know, the, the, there are atheist Jews. So it's it's not a, you know, I think that some, a lot of people have this idea that it's a religion and that's the end of it. No. It's really not the end of it. No, definitely not. So. So yeah, there clearly is uh, uh, an ethnic component to this, and he has, Tucker has very much angered people of a certain ethnic group, and he should just—it should be obvious. I mean, maybe it is obvious, and we're <laughs> we're rather naive to think that he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I hope. And again, he can have a strategy here. He doesn't have to take uh, the gloves off all the way or whatever you know, whatever analogy you want to make here. Like you do it on your own term, it's fine. But uh, but but keep slowly but surely keep escalating and move in the right direction. As long as you do that, I'm fi I'm fine with with him doing it. But again, I just don't I just don't fully trust the guy. We'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll be uh, pleasantly surprised uh, with all of this. Um, okay, so let's see here. What do we have? Yeah, this one. Let's play a little bit of this one too. This is kind of funny. Um, the clip here. The who's going to be policing Tucker on on Twitter? 
Okay. Well, listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all-out lies, anti-Semitism, right. racism before Elon Musk took over. And now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says? Or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. And we see some users trying to go off to other sites instead. Maybe folks who don't want to be a part of that party going off trying to launch other parties elsewhere. But Carlson, you know, he is a prominent figure. He can bring a lot of content. What he cannot do is make $20 million a year the way he was Mm. making at Fox. Uh, Fox may owe him $25 or $30 million. Oh, I think he could. Yeah, he could. He definitely could, yeah. But that has not happened yet. To be clear, you know, Carlson's lawyers have tonight, according to two sources, sent a letter to Fox, a shot across the bow, trying to get this going, trying to get a negotiation going to get his freedom. But he doesn't have it yet. So he can't go out there and make lots of money with Elon Musk yet. Basically, Carlson is challenging Fox at this point. Yeah, 100%. But listen, you know, they were hemorrhaging uh, advertisers on Twitter before this whole thing happened. So you've got to wonder what if advertisers were already fleeing because of this you know, this toxic culture on Twitter, are they going to stick around now for Tucker Carlson? Or There's like a bunch, they're, they're, they're like church ladies now, you know what I mean? Like they're a bunch, of, oh, you know, I think it was curl, uh, pearl clutching, yeah. you used uh, the term, right, to describe these yeah. uh, wimps. <laughs> these are, a, it's a pair of grown men talking oh. like women. And again, how I don't want to be a... T- how can we, you, oh, we can't just allow things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the atmosphere that they want is one, as, as they say, policed. Yes. Uh, and it gets back to that quote. The, the, remember the, what was it, in 2017, 18, there was that female news anchor in America who said something like, uh, Trump can control what people think, and that's our job. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was you know, uh, it's, it's M- that Berzinski, uh, the Berzinski uh, uh, daughter of, uh, what's his name, Zbigniew Berzinski, anyway. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's that mentality where they think that it really is their job to to shape public opinion, and there shouldn't be any uh, rivals to that that are uh, uncontrolled. And there's a set of rules that you abide by, and and it's all very anodyne, it's all very controlled. That's That's the environment that they want, and anything more free than that scares the shit out of them and outrages them. Uh, because they see it as just chaos. I, and again, another essay that I'm working on just now is about a British intelligentsia guy called Ian Hislop, and he was saying that the rise of Trump was political chaos. Uh, but he also said that Trump LARPed as he, he pretended not to be part of the establishment. Well, then why was it chaos? If he if he's in the establishment as a rich man, then why is it chaos for him to be... Uh, becoming president and it's the same thing here with tucker uh you know they will they will admit on the one hand that he's part of the elite and so on but then say that it's chaos and disaster for him to have a voice um and that he's a far you know, he's a, a right-wing extremist far right and so on um when it's that's that's obviously not the case or well you know that there's a whole you, know, you could talk about that all night because to them it is to, to them, Tucker Carlson is far right. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess, I guess my, my point is that what they want is an extremely controlled environment, and that because that's what they had. Now, yeah. I mean, imagine you and I can remember the nineties. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a different age then. It was a different uh, media world where 
what was on the TV was really the only thing. I mean, unless you were going to read dusty books in libraries that were, you know, the, the librarian would frown at you for getting out. Um, other than that, you were you were limited to what the TV told you. And I think that these news anchors today, um, a lot of them remember that and uh, with fondness. And then the younger ones can sense that it used to be like that, and they wish they they'd had that as well. Right. You know, I think they really resent the the rise of the internet because it it has supplanted them to some extent. And as I say, that has happened and has continued even amidst all of the censorship that they have cheered along. Uh, it's still the case that that people like Tucker Carlson. It's still the case that people like Donald Trump. It's still the case that people don't trust the mainstream media and, and increasingly absolutely hate them. You know, I saw today the the guy, the subway chokehold guy, I forgot, Dan, Daniel Penny, um, a bunch of journalists waiting for him to do the uh, the perp walk. Oh, and they were all Was that today? Yeah, today. Oh, and they were crowding around and this guy... Uh, Chasey, I think his name was on on Twitter, uh, tweeted about it, and and tweeted in a, about it in a particular way. They said that he said that uh, Daniel Penny had uh, here he is right here held a screaming homeless man in a deadly chokehold. I think those were the the, the phrases oh, he used. God. So it's completely biased. Yep, and uh, and and many people responded to that, including me, with contempt. This is, you know, the media today is absolutely loads scum and so absolute many, and so fucking many, scum. Yep. Oh yeah. And and so many people are aware of this yes. far more than in the nineties or or the two thousands. Uh, yeah. I, I I also think that the media has itself got worse since then. I mean the the ideological. And I know that it was always biased. I know that it was always you know, fake and whatever. But nonetheless, their their openness about their bias. Yeah. Their, their shamelessness about it has got much worse since even the 2000s. Um, and the other thing is, they're, they're, it, they simply were more balanced. I mean, I remember the BBC talking about the Iraq war and, uh, uh, you know, voicing scepticism about it. They would never do that now. I no, remember no. Channel 4 in Britain complaining about the swine flu fraud in the late 2000s. They certainly didn't do that with COVID. No. So no. the corruption and bias has got clearly worse. And the the nostalgia for it has increased, and the alternatives to it have multiplied. So everything is getting. You know, it, there's a sort of crescendo thing going on here, uh, where the the tension is rising all the time, uh, and and in in that environment, you then have Tucker Carlson, uh, you have Elon Musk buying Twitter, and Tucker Carlson going to uh, going to Twitter. And it, it could be, you know, lighting a That's, touch paper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if we don't trust a Tucker and ultimately are, are suspicious of him, um, obviously it's clear that we should recognize that he's done some good things. He's talked about, you know, anti-white uh, issues that's happening. He's brought attention to this. And, and their empire uh, that he, at least on the surface, claims he's opposing is so brittle right now. I mean, it, it's it's so fragile, and that's why they have to lash out and defend themselves in all kinds of crazy ways. And, and I mean, they got hubris. I mean, they, they, they are digging their grave deeper and deeper every day as they do these things, and as they think that they're patching up and saving and reinforcing uh, <laughs> democracy and all these kinds of things. As we said before, more people are noticing this, and they just cannot have it. I don't, in a way, it's almost like they don't know what they're, what what to do. You know what I mean? 
They, yes. they have to fight back and push back, but as they do that, you know, it's more and more obvious how, how biased they are, how anti-white they are, how uh, you know anti-European and and just far left they are. Um, so I think we got we got them we, we got them <laughs> we got them painted into a corner uh, to a certain extent, um, and it's a good sign that a Tucker leaves was the most popular guy on the network that was the most popular because again it rips that rug from out under of the mainstream media so regardless how you view that i think most everybody can agree that it's good to see the dinosaur uh, legacy media just collapse entirely into its own uh, footprint uh, as it should and this uh, them firing tucker is certainly uh, going to speed that along to be honest uh, so that that's a good thing it's a, it's a new era of sorts and it's even more um we're cementing the reality that it's like it it on on the internet, that's where where it is. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's where you that's where you get your message out, not not on some uh, boomer television show, right? Absolutely, and it's been heading that way for years now. And I think a lot of people think, as I do, that when the boomers die off, that that's going to be it for the legacy media. They just I don't see even the BBC. I don't really think is going to. I mean, I I don't think it's going to survive in its current form. You know, it's the Gen X and Millennials Zoomers are not going to be up for supporting this thing anymore. But it's the same in America with the the equivalents there. Fox News, uh, you know, I, I was saying this to uh, someone the other day that I, I just think the myths that animated the Boomers simply don't have the same effect on the younger generations, and the the media bodies like Fox News that uh, rely upon those myths. Are, are just increasingly looking antiquated and irrelevant. Uh, there is a, we, we live in a different world now and it's obviously a different world. And this goes for all, all aspects of life, really. You could talk about it all night. Uh, <laughs> the, the world that the boomers lived in is, is just gone. Uh, the only amazing thing is that they don't see that yet, but I, I think that's largely just comfort. But for the younger generations that this, this is, I think, this is just not going to be sustained. No, uh, I think you're right. Um, uh, I wanted to. Well, we might, we might not do that today. There were some reactions to Trump's town hall as well, which was it's more, it's kind of more the same. I think we, we've we're, we've been over that. We've explained that to pe- people now that it's like, yes, it's fun to see these people spurg out and react, and obviously they're overreacting, right? But they're like they they saw Trump just having a town hall, being like boycott CNN, and oh, they're giving a fascist a megaphone, like they're just insane. They're just completely insane <laughs> in terms yeah. of how they're reacting to this. Like I I wish Trump was a you know strong armed uh, you know tough guy that's going to fix things. Um, so they just can't contain themselves and, and they've lost their way. So it doesn't mean that all be, just because you have all the right enemies and it's fun to seeing them squirm doesn't mean that that's, you know, kind of a, a, a good a good guy. Although I do enjoy watching them, uh, you know, uh, getting afraid and, and like demoral. I saw a number of these people like left wing commenters that was like, I don't people were laughing in the audience. I was actually very surprised at what CNN did and the fact that they allowed so many Trump supporters in. And it was a clear that like people were laughing when he made jokes and, and, and being on his side and stuff. And I, I guess that's the pivot that CNN is doing to try to survive, <laughs> survive, I guess, because they have been losing people. I think the new uh, CEO over there, I forget his licked or what was his name again? 
um, he was like, no, there was a great event. People were riding. He was making the news, you know, kind of thing. So he's thinking about the <laughs> network and, and uh, you know, views and things like this, uh, which, of course, this is, you know, his duty as a CEO. He got, he's got to do that. But the far left thinks, no, even though it's a presidential candidate, even though there's like 50 percent or whatever, you want, it's almost 50-50, like divided in half of, of, the, of the U.S. that's voting for, for this guy or, or you know, 50 um, percent of the voting population that's essentially supporting this guy. Uh, but they think that no, if if he's if he says something that we don't like, he should be banned, and and just outlawed yeah. from from saying these things. We should remove his ability to speak. That's what they think. And obviously, as we've learned after the Trump uh, town hall and stuff, that's not the direction the world is going, and there's nothing that they can do about it. Which is funny to watch. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I think they they want just more censorship. They want more of what has already brought them to this situation where the, the public hate them. They want to double down. So if Trump does well at this town hall meeting, well, then that's evidence that there should be no more town hall meetings uh, or that the, the host should be much more hard with them um, and that there should be more, that the audience should be more loaded and rigged, uh, etc. There should be more corruption. There should be more... Uh, What's the word? Tilting of the playing field. Um, but th all of that is why the public hate them already. And yeah. so their, their options are running out for how they can regain control of this, except just through massive censorship. But even that, as I said earlier, hasn't worked for them. Somehow, I don't really know how, but somehow the, even the, the mass censorship hasn't worked. No, no, they couldn't do <laughs> I think, it. I think because the, the evidence of just everyday life refutes the, the ideas of the establishment at this point. Yeah. And people can see, you know, when people can see their own societies, their own towns, their own streets transforming out of recognition, it, it takes a lot to combat that. And, and yeah, you can't. You can't. Prevent. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I mean, it, it's impossible. Unless you literally like augment these people's reality, and maybe that's one of the reasons they're working on that type of technology. But like, you would have to like, you know, airbrush these people in real time out of your periphery, your view. You know, what I mean, to like not notice what's happening. It's it's it, what the 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 dumb uh, gay view of reality that they've been trying to push on us do not correspond with what people out there are, are actually experiencing and viewing. And, and that's the bottom line, I think, to be honest. Indeed, it's very difficult to persuade a. A guy in his twenties, guy in his thirties, uh, that actually you do have the same opportunities as your dad, as your father had thirty years ago. Uh, you do have a career, you do have promotion prospects, you you are on the property ladder. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, he just he he doesn't have the same prospects as his father. That's a, just a simple fact, and it boils down to recognizable social factors and recognizable laws and policies that are in place exacerbating the situation and keeping it as it is. Um, so it's very difficult to persuade him that that isn't the case. All you can do is brainwash him that it's right that it's the case, that it should be this way. Uh, and, and I guess that's what all the white guilting is all about. It's just, just to persuade the younger generation that they shouldn't expect to have the same prospects that their parents enjoyed. It's racist of them to feel entitled to that. <laughs> Well, you can take that so far. And I think in the 2010s, that did work for a lot of millennials, you know, hipsters and so on. They, they enjoyed the white guilt. Um, they enjoyed feeling that they were better than everyone else, not, you know, not racist and anti-racist and so on. But even that relies on a certain level of material comfort 
And when that evaporates, I I just don't see how you can sustain the the walkery and and the white guilting, uh, all of the bullshit. Ultimately, people need to, if not to have the same prospects as their parents, they at least need to have comfort and a sense of direction in their lives. Well, all of current politics uh, destroys that, whether it's yeah. your child being trans or you being unemployed or you being taxed for being white uh, or your country changing out of recognition. Um, everything is, is demeaning and lowering uh, standards of living for for white people. So I, I think they just are going to get more and more pissed off, even the millennials. You know, something that occurred to me recently was that Gen X today, well, Gen X in the 90s were the people who were about five to 20 years young, older than me. They were the teenagers and the students when I was 10, you know. And I would see them and they would listen to grunge music and they would be going to acid house, you know, raves and that kind of thing. That was what adults did when I was a kid. And it was the young adults, you know, they're they cool. And um, grunge, I mean, one of the, you know, the, the main defining attitude of grunge is to be checked out of things, to be cynical, nihilistic and so on. What's interesting is to that's Gen X in the 90s. And what's interesting is to contrast that with Gen X now. You know, Gen X now are in their 40s and 50s, and they are the ones who are pushing the, the, the woke stuff and the anti-white stuff, and they are ideological, they're fanatical, they're hysterical. And what interests me, what fascinates me about this is how different their attitude is, how different their way of being is from, from when they were young. And this is not... This is the opposite of what we're told happens as you get older. It used to be that, well, you, you, you calm down as you get older. You become less fanatical, less idealistic, and, uh, and less left-wing. <laughs> well, what's Not happening with Gen X is the, the very opposite. Exactly. They're hysterical. Yep. Hysterical. Where 30 years ago, they were the very opposite. And what the reason this interests me is the millennials, and I'm not going to say that I have any great faith in the millennials as a generation or in the zoomers necessarily but what this shows is that a generation can change drastically drastically over the course of 30 years not oh, just yeah. their belief yeah. but their attitude their very way of being can change drastically and and contrary to historical lessons or, or um what's the word pre uh, templates um you know, the boomers probably did calm down and get less political and certainly less left-wing as they aged. I'm sure that was a general trend. But with Gen X, it's gone the opposite way. Well, and so imagine that, that makes me think, you know, the millennials <laughs> could be a generation that are, you know, in their, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, are are something much more admirable than they have been in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, I mean, because Im imagine, imagine that, that if you uproot people from their traditions and sever them from, like, well, their family, right, uh, and, and indoctrinate them and stuff like that. You you lose. You're in. They're blank pages, right? They're blank pages to be programmed with whatever you know the establishment want them to be. But that's a great risk too, because that could flip in the opposite direction. That means that there's no bearing. There's no tradition to keep things in place. You know, multi generationally. Now we're we're all severed, and essentially, 
if the right memes just <laughs> catch on, that's how bizarre it is now, right? You could have a, a, a look, I'm not hoping for this, but I'm, but I'm just saying as a hypothetical, I, I, I am hoping for it, but I'm saying I'm not uh, tr uh, waiting for this to happen, but I'm saying as a hypothetical, you have to have the right based memes, you could radicalize uh, multiple generations in uh, in uh, one year, <laughs> you know what I mean, essentially, yeah. if, if the right oh, thing absolutely. catches on, you know what I mean? Look how look what happened with COVID. You know the the speed at which people can change is is astonishing. Uh, and again, that that really re re relies on the power structure telling them to to suddenly uh, do this and that and believe in this and that. And so the anti-vaxxers who didn't exist a year ago are now the evil people that you've got to hate, and you've got the you know the two minutes hate against them and so on. Um, either way, people can change, but. That's with the power structure. But even without that, I think that economic conditions, and this is really what would be unique, what would be unprecedented here, would be that it's the economic conditions and the social conditions that cause a generation to, to change, as I said, drastically from how they were in, in when they were young. Um, as I said, the millennials don't, and it goes, everything I'm saying here also applies to the Zoomers. They absolutely don't have the same prospects as their parents. They don't have the same uh, comfort and safety that their parents took for granted. Uh, so, I mean, eventually well, they're, they're you're going to really struggle to keep a lid on that. The, you're driving them out of their comfort zone. Like, this was so bizarre about it, right? But Rome had this idea of bread and circuses stuff. And uh, what they're doing, they're literally like toying with our bread and circuses and, and, and at least partially attempting to pull those away. When you shut down 3,000 farms in the Netherlands, who is the second largest uh, food producer in the world after the United States, uh, you could potentially, you're pulling away that bread. You know what I'm saying? When you wokeifying all the entertainment out there and people finally get sick and fed up with it, they walk away from that shit, meaning they won't be programmed with it. In fact, it was so over the top that people now are even, you know, have actually woken up to that and saying, fuck this shit, I don't want any of this. So they're uh -huh. they're do, they're doing against us the very thing, partially, right? But they're, they're doing against us the very things that kind of ensured the... Uh, that we were like isolated from everything, and they were they had they had us in their little zone where they could control us fully, right? Uh, but they're challenging those aspects now. They're 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 uh, playing, they're toying with these kinds of things, which is is another interesting reason why why are they doing this? Is this stupidity? Is it intentional? It, well, part of what I think is going on to a certain extent is they think that they'll be able to control, like with more fear and chaos, then they think we will obey, you know, kind of thing, right? COVID was yes. like that whether it's the vaccination. But what's happening, what they don't understand is that now you're making this not just a, a, a gameplay of like social engineering, where it's just like, well, you might manipulate these people or whatever, uh, but, but things are largely kind of just moving on like they used to be. No, as you said, now they're replacing us. Our, our realities around us are vastly different, that they're toying with all the things that we used to know. And, and, and kind of like... The reason why, you know, social engineering worked to a certain extent, I, I would argue, uh, is because we were comfortable to a certain extent. We, we, we can, you know what I mean? We, we, you, you, things are good. You, maybe you listen to the authorities. Oh, well, things are good. We, uh, they, they seem to know what they're doing kind of thing. Now they're proving that they're completely, you know, incapable of running society efficiently. Well, the consequence of that, of course, is that more more people will begin questioning that. Who is it that's leading us? What, what are they doing? Everything is changing. Everything is getting worse and worse. The only thing they have, as you said, 
is to as things get worse and worse every single day, the only thing they have is to try to convince you and hoodwink you, uh, coerce you into thinking that no, what actually is happening is good, right? That's like the diversity thing. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You're getting great food. Uh, out of the very spicy food out of this you see this is great <laughs> diversity is very it's 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 very important it's making us stronger every single day uh but i'm saying they uh, they're losing slowly but surely thankfully they're losing the plot and they they have they're losing their hold on people that have finally broken away from from uh, from their clutches yeah and the other and there are other tools to see well yeah it's bad but you deserve this because you're white. Exactly. You shouldn't yep. be expecting it, the same standards as your parents had. But again, as I said, that is sustainable only with a certain level of comfort. If things do go be below that level, then people aren't interested in feeling guilty anymore. They want to know what, what their lives are about. They want to know what they're living for. They, they Ultimately, people are still selfish. Um, you know, I, I think... A really tragic thing I saw a few weeks ago. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson did this video about millennial women uh, reaching a certain age, and they, you know, they've ridden the cock carousel. They've they've had uh, a, a corporate lifestyle. They've had the parties and all that, and then they find themselves alone and single and childless. And but but most awfully, um, they're not getting invited to parties anymore because the the people around them who used to invite them. Have now settled down and are having families. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that leaves that there's now this phenomenon of the the millennial wine aunt who is just alone, and she's and he and he showed clips. It was absolutely heartbreaking, really. Oof. These clips of these women basically you know, putting out uh, phone food. Like, uh, they'd put out a clip of themselves on social media, basically asking for company, basically asking people to come and you know join them for a drink oh, you know? and it's tragic it's just absolutely tragic yeah um and again in a way they like, deserve it like, but in like a way when, they don't you know yeah they, well I, I don't think they des i mean they deserve it in the sense that they've been very self-righteous and you know, all that but yeah. sure but they were only following orders right yeah <laughs> i mean they really were they, they were only doing what the, the culture told them constantly that they should be doing and it's and to see them like this, it's like when the music stops. It's like the party's over, and and this is what's left. You know, you've got this sad person who's realised that what she devoted her life to, her career and partying, is absolutely hollow, and it's left her with nothing. It's left her alone and and isolated and childless. Um, that's that's hellish. Yeah, it's just hellish. Oh yeah. Uh, and and that now I I imagine this could go. Mostly pro everything, you know, LGBT, feminism, and so on, doubling down on that which brought them to this sorry state. Yeah, so, um, someone said. But I, but I think that the men are less likely to do that. Oh, no, when definitely. They, when, they, when they're in their 40s and they're fucked, they are not going to double down on, on the stuff. They're, a lot of them are going to realize they have been absolutely conned in the worst yeah. way. Yeah, someone was warning. Uh, about like an army of these, uh, yeah, mostly childless, lonely uh, old women that that instead then, and you've made the analogy very well many times, right, that uh, instead of then tending to children or even at that later age, grandchildren, right, uh, 
they will see the migrants as their big brown uh, cuddly teddy bear and that's that's what they're going to you know take care of and and there will be like an army of just activists that even more then ironically it's going to turn against both men and western society and everything that made them now miserable and lonely although it's largely it's not only their own fault but they were following orders right they, they bear some responsibility here but yes they were manipulated uh but you like someone i forget what it was it was like almost a meme someone made like watch out because like we're about to get a deluge deluge of these like crazy cat yeah. ladies <laughs> that's gonna like yeah you know come on to the market of like activism here within the next five to ten years <laughs> yeah, there, there was a really good art. It was an essay on Substack that was written, I think, in the middle of last year. And I actually, I read it at the time and then rediscovered it a few weeks ago <laughs> and, and realized that I'd already read it. But it was, um, it was a very good essay about that. I can't remember what it's called now. This argument that you're going to have a, a whole contingent of the population who are, are they're lost and the, their only option is uh, they can either admit that they fucked up that that they've ruined their lives by following you know the fashionable ideas or they can double down and blame men basically blame yeah. men for yeah. not wanting a, uh, to be with a 40 year old or 45 year old um because the men who are still single are looking for a younger woman uh i mean it's it's just tragic yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, the danger yeah. is that they will become even that, like, the worst uh, of politicized lefties. Um, and and I pro probably a lot of them will. Uh, but as I say, I don't think the men will do that. I think that men are always more right wing. I mean, it's just it seems to be a thing. And I know that you can point to individual examples where it was the women who whatever. But generally speaking, uh, men are more right wing than women. And I think that when the millennials get re realize how fucked, the, how tricked they've been, I think there's there's going to be a, uh, a, again another huge social change there. Yeah. Right now they can yeah. keep believing in the bollocks. They can keep, you know, flying the rainbow flag and whatever. But you know, it's one thing to do that kind of thing in your twenties. It's, it's it's tragic for a guy in his forties to be doing that. As if he's you know, and and to to be an activist, you know, it, there's this thing. It, to be an activist in your twenties really means it's a LARP. It's it's a thing to do. It's a it's it's just partying. It's socializing, really. Right. But to be an activist in your forties is a very different thing. It's because you know that that indicates that something really is wrong with society, and uh, I think that's what we're going to see. We're go definitely going to see that. Let me take a couple of these super chats, and then the last thing I want to do is the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing that we're watching on the screen here. Uh, we have. Uh, Glenn the Chinaman over on Entropy says uh, we shouldn't get emotionally attached to any of them. Speaking to Tucker and Elon Trump, stuff like that. Uh, any of them could turn at any time. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's a lot about them. They're being vehemently attacked. I think uh, they're trying to correct them, to, sm to shame them back into position. And partially at times it does work, but it doesn't work all the time. And that's when the leftists are getting afraid and freak out even more and claim that these people are uh you know they're going to build they're going to set up concentration camps and build an ethno state uh they have to run with that to try to like scare them into thinking they're like no 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 i gotta prove i'm not a racist in some cases that, that does work right but no you're right right to glenda shana for sure uh let me read a couple here on odyssey some random bloke says uh, the greatest thing that tucker ever did was to read out the adl's one state solution reaction where they talked about the great replacement of Israel being un, uh, unacceptable and even 
mentioned high Arab birth rates. They took it down from their website later. Oh, did they? Interesting. Was that on, on Foxes? Uh, or was that in another uh, setting? I, I actually don't remember that. I remember he said, uh, was it uh, Go Fuck Yourselves to... Uh, on Megyn Kelly's show, I think, about the ADL or something like that, right? There, there's some over the SPLC or something. Um, that leaked footage, right, of Media Matters. So it's the same thing there, right? Go fuck yourself, he said. So that's good. There's a, that's, a, that's a Tucker that knows that at least is not kind of officially always out there. Uh, Archie says, uh, today I talked to someone in the street about David Suzuki. I remember him. Retired April 7th, 2023. She had no idea who I, who I was talking about. I don't think I was a generation. I don't think it was a generational gap. I think that the internet is eliminating common culture. Wasn't David Suzuki the um, Canadian scientist? They were pushing a, a bunch of... Uh, uh, crazy ideas. Uh, maybe he did some some good stuff. I can't recall, but if we're thinking of the same person, uh, person. But no, I mean that's that's what it is now. You can mention, uh, you know, sh- showing my age here, but like your classic movie, like oh, you have not seen the Goonies or you know whatever. Like <laughs> you didn't see the first Star uh, Star Wars movies. Um, and uh, no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Soaker Soaker City says, uh, thanks for all you do. We're about to enter strange new waters. Man the decks. Yes, I've said for, for some time, uh, where we're going, just a movie analogy, We, we there will be no roads. Uh, it's unsh- <laughs> uncharted territory. <laughs> it's new, uh, new levels of, uh, well, craziness uh, and, and discomfort and, and a rocky road. But hey, that's when we're at the, bo- isn't that when we're at, the, at our best? You know what I mean? When, when, really it comes down to it when it really matters when we're really challenged for once that's usually when the interesting things happen right yes yes i think so uh this is partly why the 2000s was such a boring decade so hollow and empty because uh everyone was so comfortable and there really wasn't much at stake uh and there was a level of material comfort which of course exploded at the end with you know 2008 9 but still I think that you're right, that when, when everything is okay and stable, uh, you get boredom, apathy, but you also get the ability for the society to be slowly destroyed and undermined. And that's what we saw during the 2000s, and it's what we saw during the 2010s uh, again. And I think that the 2020s is going to be very, already already has been radically different from the 2010s. It really does feel like a different era. Um, Partly because of COVID, obviously, um, but also just because of the general atmosphere. Um, you know, nothing is the same as it was. You know, I often find myself wistful in about 2015, 2014 when I started because it's, it just seems like a different galaxy now. Oh, definitely, absolutely. All right, Woes, I think we will begin wrapping up right there. It was uh, great having you here. Uh, I want to pull up your website here at the end as well. Uh, millennialwoes.com, of course. Is that one of the best places to go to find your uh, yeah. to find your links? That's got, yeah, that's got all the links to elsewhere. It's got the Odyssey, the Substack, and the link tree, and you know, links to the Millennial page and so on. So, yeah, that's – and the, the ones on the right-hand side, those tabs, that those are my favorite videos. And uh, the ones on the left-hand side are my most recent videos. (laughs) There you go. That's the system explained. Um, (laughs) There's a a logic to the madness. Yes, yes. (laughs) And then at at the bottom there, that's the Telegram feed. That never really, it doesn't work too well. Oh, you can actually embed, that's cool. I didn't even know you can embed, of course you can embed that. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it's very much a complex 
bespoke solution that I made. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it. <laughs> looks looks <laughs> good I, from I, here. I, yeah. I think it does work, but uh, <laughs> it's it's quite complicated. But anyway, yeah, the website is um is is there, and that will get you to whatever you want to find. Uh, and then Linktree as well, of course, is li is linked there, and that that's uh, that's got everything there. Awesome. So that's how to find me. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Woes, again. I appreciate you uh, guest hosting here with us uh, today. Uh, keep it, keep up the good work, sir, sir and uh, I'll gonna check out your uh, Substack, the new upcoming pieces you have there as well. Okay, thank right. you very much. Yeah, I put one up every every Sunday. Uh, so Awesome. Yeah. Look out for that, folks. Oh. Thank you, Woes. We'll see you later, okay? Okay, see all you right. later. Thank you. Take care. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for joining us today. We appreciate you uh, all. Thank you so much to everyone who has been uh, super chatting. We appreciate you guys. And uh, we're going to uh, round off here uh, with just a couple of uh, plugs at the end. Check out redicemembers.com, of course, if you're new. Uh, get a membership over there. It's only 10 bucks a month. Uh, if you get a longer one, it gets cheaper as well. If you get a two-year subscription, uh, you basically get, uh, what, 40% 40, 40 off, something like that. Uh, gets cheaper the longer sub you get. Uh, then, of course, we have our uh, producer and executive producer tiers as well. Uh, you can get those at redassmembers.com. You can also get it as with a, as as well as a regular membership at Subscribestar and Odyssey that you see on the screen right there. Thank you so much again to our executive producers today: T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French Forty Seven. Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dillbob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, and JP. Thank you guys. Also thanks to our producers, Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumond, Snork Pup, Eyes open. Mr. Lemery, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Single Action Army, and George Porge. Thank you, boys and girls. We appreciate you. If you want to get one of those, check out, uh, as we said, Odyssey, Subscribestar, or RedEyesMembers.com. Uh, uh, we have gotten an editor aboard, so more clips from shows uh, and more outtakes from uh, Western Warriors. Well, upcoming uh, on our websites and on our public channels. Thanks to you, uh, so we can afford that. We do. Right? I don't want to settle for that, however. We want to have more people aboard. Get an executive producer or producer tier if you want to help us out a little bit more. If you have the resources, if you want to put some resources to us so we can continue to expand, please do consider it. We want to get uh, an admin aboard, someone who can help us uh, do bookings and things like that as well. Uh, as we return to doing more uh, interview shows, we have uh, uh, Ryan Dawson coming up. We have Gregory Hood coming up. We're booking in some other people as well. So heads up on that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so thank you so much again for uh, your support. All right, let me do one last scan here. Make sure we're uh, caught up everywhere. I think we are. Uh, thank you, guys, uh, to everybody. Soaker City. No, we did that one. Thank you, uh, Soaker City. Appreciate that. Uh, all right, so we'll be back here with uh, Western Warrior next. Lana will be joining us for that as well. Uh, so uh, heads up on that. Uh, always good stuff in the members section. Uh, if you're new around here, we have thousands and thousands of hours of uh, good stuff and shorter videos, exclusive videos, interviews, and all that kind of stuff on redhousemembers.com. So it's definitely worth it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Woes for coming on. You guys, have, uh, have a good uh, rest of your evening or uh, morning, wherever you're at. Take care, keep fighting, uh, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care.
Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.